Yeah. Hey, this is Jed Ebenezer, and uh, I took some of that coon claw powder, and I'll be damned if my fingernails and toenails didn't start growing like crazy. And I mean like crazy, crazy. Damn things grow about an inch a day, and I can't keep up with it. And I just don't know if y'all ever tested the damn product or not. And I just, I, I don't get it. What the hell do I do? Who's liable for this? Who's responsible for this? This Richard Queso some bitch has got to go. I'm talking heads cut off, heads be rolling, cracking skulls and such. Thank you. <laughs> Call me back. Okay. I, I'm out. This is Ed Anderson. There's no way I'd ever listen to these jackasses do a podcast. I have no idea what the content's about. They don't know anything about fly fishing. There's no fucking good art involved. I'm out here living the dream, and, and I got to put up with this bullshit. Thank you very little. folks probably already know uh, we have hiccups in every show and this show is no exception and that is not the only one if my memory serves me correctly <laughs> I mean what's the point we tell we're not going to edit it we're not no, into like no. fine polished machine here well that's why it's barely live like we treat it like it's live like we treat it like there's nothing we can do about it this we, thing barely happens yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> the other part of the barely part the live part is that we treat it like it's live in that we do absolutely no touch up work because we can't. We're, we're incapable. Well, we could. We just don't. We're lazy. We're like, ah, hell, it's good enough. Close enough for government work, as they say. And if you're here for the prior hour, and this next song is for Will, by the way. Be struck by the arrow. Oh, if you're here for, one. like, the hour before this shenanigan shit show starts, yeah. you would see how we're basically barely live. We're, yeah. yeah. We're like, hey, let's just... Let's just make some shit up. <laughs> well, and I, I want to like, I want to explain a little bit on that. It, it, like, you're gonna hear, you heard on the last episode, me and Paul did a couple songs, and you're gonna hear a couple songs on this episode. You're welcome. But here's the thing: uh, when we say we write songs, quite literally, Paul starts strumming. We don't write anything. Nothing's written down. It's Paul starts strumming, and then we just start freeballing it back and forth just to see what comes out of our mouths. As and we they're, ha- I mean, they're they're not amazing, but they're funny, and they're. 
They're and, close to terrible, but, but I they're just, funny. Uh, Paul, they're fun. I just want people to appreciate that that even though they're kind of bad, they're pretty good for two guys. Literally, they're that, that's freestyle. Like they're two guys freestyling right there. That's I have to say they're not terrible when you take that into context. You know, everything in life's about context, Paul. As you text over there during so, our live radio show. I just got a text from Larry Latrell's wife, Shannon. Ooh. She goes, you are your ears that. burning? Lars and I are discussing your age. So huh? spill it. <laughs> they got a bet going or something? I just said F-O-W space T-O-O. Ooh, 2 Figure it out. Um, so, yeah. So, we're and we're missing Will again. We're missing Doug. We don't even have Tucker. We don't have anybody. It's literally the uh, Mike and Paul show today. Um, so we're barely okay. live, barely. We're again. barely live and barely here, but it's us two, and and we don't have any bad blood. It's just Will, Will lives in Beaufort, and Beaufort's a long way away. So we we expressed that we're going to be having a 540 pound baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Will's actually having a baby Tuesday. Yeah. Hopefully not a 500 pounder. And we are. Announcing the birth of Michael and I's new baby at the end of this show. We'll, we'll, we'll just use that as a teaser and explain later what, what that's all about. Yeah, we're going to expound upon the Barely Live universe, add a little to it. So uh, y'all yeah. stick around here for that. But this is not that. This is Barely Live. So you will hear what you expect to hear on Barely Live. Yeah. Total and utter nonsense. The baby has not been born yet. No. We're, we're no. still the mother, <laughs> the child-bearing uh, or having mother here. Yeah, man. Yeah, still still rolling with it as usual. And uh, speaking of which, Paul, what we got for him today? We got some random topics to uh, discuss. Well, let me get to my little notes here. Um, yeah. We're trying to get old River Horse and and uh, Oliver Oliver Wider hanging on Houston. So we're trying to get them kind of interactive here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll call them. We should. That we should would be just, a good phone call. Instead of them calling us, we'll just call them or and then catch them off guard wherever it is they are. That would let me, be let me let them know. Hold on a second. Let me call you guys in a bit and double team it. Ooh, good old fashioned double team. Um. So yeah. So so let me get to my notes. Basically, I don't have. This isn't the most well planned show, but basically, what's what what inspires me is the fact that I, I went back and listened to our one year old anniversary show. It was chock full of awesomeness, like. <laughs> And I feel like we've let the people down a little bit in the last year. These shows have been kind of—I'll just say it—they've been kind of half-ass a yeah. little bit. Well, we haven't been able to put the time towards coming up with some new, fresh stuff. But I think the fact we only do these once every three or four weeks—we should have like the most amazing two and a half hours of shit going on, and we need to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say that personally, I was a little busy between the last two shows, but. No, I know. That's Everyone all has over. been. It's been crazy biz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've got some good stuff. And in between, though, we have met up and had beers and whatnot. And Paul has been very diligent with his note taking. Um, so, like, you know, this show was birthed on us just shit talking around, a, you know, on a tailgate. So the topics reflect that. And, and so, like, we've kind of kept true to our roots in that while we're shit talking around a tailgate. You know, Paul jot down, you know, a conversation we had, like the topic of the conversation, so that we can rehash it here for you. Um, and, you know, it always comes out a little different, uh, but it's. Well, yeah. I mean, same. the whole idea is like we, when we come up with a cool idea, we kind of don't really talk. We like want to save it for this. Yeah, like, all right, everybody stop. Yeah, just shut up. No talking about this until we get on the air. Yeah. How weird is this, though? You normally, like, 
it's two people talking and someone always interjects. I know. I'm waiting on, like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to carry my weight, I guess. I mean, I always talk a lot, but. Um, I've, I've often had the idea of, like, coming on here and just doing, like, maybe a 30-minute show by myself. Well, I don't know how. Just a monologue? I, I don't know how people do that. That would be really hard. I guess that's where they have writers and producers that are constantly coming up with stuff for them to be talking about. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking like the, the people, like the Rush Limbaughs of the world yeah. and stuff, like they sit there in front of a microphone. And you also just have to be really, really, sh- like, you just really got to he- like hearing yourself talk, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I, I couldn't do the show without bouncing it off somebody no. else. I mean, like. Like, I thought about writing, singing one of the songs or something before you got here, and I was like, no, it's so much more fun when you can kind of bounce off a tune and something totally ridiculous and there was one one of the ads that we did we had to take it like five or six times because <laughs> we kept laughing through it which you'll probably you'll hear you'll figure out which one of those that is yeah it was it was and i told him i was like that's how you know it's good when we can't even get through trying to make it without laughing <laughs> so so yeah it's been a busy it's been a busy basically since the last time we did a recording it's been busy as hell um yeah i got married yeah so uh, Paul had the art shows. Yeah, we had Coral. art shows. Seaweed, you getting married? Married. And um, I finally went fishing this week for the first time in like two and a half months. I went fishing yesterday offshore. But oh uh, yeah. yeah, well let's get into that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, we got total downtime basketball, baseball starting to heat up in the in the off season as far as spring training goes. Uh, this is my worst doldrum time of year when football ends and baseball starts. Yeah, between I, that. See, I don't even get the base. Like, I know I don't have baseball because I don't know anything about baseball. So I never played it. Don't really have any affinity for it. So, like for me, once football's over, you know, I watch a little March Madness, and then I'm pretty much done until football starts again. Like there is no summer sport for me. There are no boys of summer. There's just fishing. That's pretty much it, and getting ready for hunting season. So that's about it for me. Yeah, no, it's just. Uh, and also, just the weather lately. I mean, I'm fine with it, but it's kind of scary. I mean, I don't... Let's not get into all the global warming stuff. I mean, I think this Earth has seen this temperature in February 500 years ago. Like, I don't doubt that at all. So, the point is, it's crazy how fucking warm it is for me in February. It's a little bothersome. I wouldn't mind it still being, like, 63-degree high today would be perfect. But it's it was like it's February. Yeah, it was downright hot. The last week we've been in the eighties for a week. February. In February. But you know, see we always kinda marks the time of like the season beginning here in Charleston, mm-hmm. to me at least. And it was awesome weather for Seawe. I was I was in the gallery all weekend. Um, you were getting prep for yeah. wedding stuff. You pretty much weren't in Charleston at all. Uh, yeah, I was north of town, up in up in the boonies a little bit. But I so, was, how did the wedding go? Were you, you feeling like it went off without a hitch? You know, well, I, I guess you got hitched. Uh, oh, 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 there it is. Nah, yeah, man. I uh, I feel like it went good, and, and I have to brag on my my now wife. Uh, I had very little, if, if anything, to do. Oh, with, bullshit! With. Everyone knows that you had. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, she did a great job. The, the whole wedding looked really good. Um, it it was really nice. I, you know, I didn't. I complained a lot going into the whole thing, but uh, I did have a really good time. Uh, you know, it's always nice to have family around, friends, and it was definitely a different experience to have them all there. You know, for you, um, which is nice, but it also puts a lot of pressure on you to try to be everywhere. You know, at once and please everybody. But it went pretty smooth, man. We had a great time, threw a good party, 
Uh, I feel like everybody had a good time. Uh, Paul made it. I don't know how. I don't know how you did seaweed and made uh, it. I was just there. tired. I was worn out. It's it's not really that I was worn out from seaweed. I, I was worn out from the month leading up to it. Like it's kind of like if you run a marathon. And you, you're fine up. And I wouldn't know this. I never ran a fucking marathon. <laughs> I to say, wait, let's wait, say wait. when I run a mile. Yeah. If I ran, if I run a mile, <laughs> that's better. Like that mile builds up to that finish line. That's all you can think about is the finish line. Which for yeah. me, the finish line was Friday at Seaweed. That was my finish line. Yeah. And basically, that means I have all these paintings done in a frame, in a mat, on a wall. And finally, I can like collapse basically and just stand there smiling. Yeah. So that's what Friday and Saturday, Sunday were me like just basically talking to people and being so relieved that I was done with it. And so Friday night, I had uh, a couple clients that thank God I hung out with them afterwards because they ended up buying some stuff Saturday, which is great, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then Friday night, also, I met up with Ben Austin and those over under dudes oh, at yeah. Rue de Jean at about nine o'clock, and that ended up getting a little messy. And then so Saturday I was even more tired. And then after the wedding, I found out all these people are going to Water's Edge or whatever. Yeah, that's where we all went. So I didn't know that like y'all were there. <laughs> yeah. I thought like y'all were long gone. No, we had our escape car, which was like a 1940s Rolls Royce, which I never rode in a Rolls Royce cool. before, but it was pretty it was neat. Cool. But uh, it dropped us off at Water's Edge. Like we didn't even go anywhere because Joanne, in her words. Because like, I asked her, I was like, "You want to, you know, we can go back to where we were staying and let you change clothes and everything if we want to go back out." She's like, "When else am I going to get to get drunk in a wedding dress?" I was like, "Point taken. Let's yeah. go." I mean, why not have fun? <laughs> we did that. Sarah and I did that after our wedding. We just went back to the little houses on Folly and just had a blast. It was yeah. fun. we had a uh, bottle of champagne in the back of that rolls. They had one waiting on us when we got in there. It was Andre, you know, terrible champagne. <laughs> I yeah. thought you meant the driver's name was Andre. I couldn't remember his name, but I kept calling him Andre, I think. Could be yeah. Andre. Could be. But uh, we chugged a bottle of champagne between uh, the wedding venue and Shim Creek, which That's is... perfect, though. It's a distance, You probably didn't really not... have time to get that drunk during the wedding anyway. I mean, weren't no, you constantly, I, like, I talking say, to people and... I was, but I was double-fisting. Like, it, I almost... I looked down, and just about every time I looked down, I had two beers in my hand. Mainly because people kept bringing That's me the fresh beers. Like, you know? The beauty of getting married is you constantly have a drink in your hand. You don't have to find one. No. Uh-uh. And you constantly are being asked, do you need any food? You need? What can I get you? What can I get you? Yeah. It's yeah. just a constant, like, through an assembly line of <laughs> awesomeness. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But, uh, yeah, the wedding was fun. Um, let's see. After this week, Ed Anderson came in town, and we mm. came over and helped, obviously, end your, your beers that Monday night? Yeah, I had a whole bunch of beer, like a whole cooler, just like level full of beer left. And when I, I got like, there, it was pretty substantially full. Yeah, and we'd already been working on it a little yeah. bit. I was like, you guys come over. And so Ed and, and Paul came to the house, and we we finished that and a bottle of bourbon before y'all ended up leaving. <laughs> so Ed and I went fishing with Lawson that day, starting to get back into the fishing zone, and Lawson is just because he's starting to maybe have some trips lined up in his future. And uh, found some fish. Ed, you know, fish for like an hour and a half on the bow between finding some groups of fish and just nothing. It, like we were scattering these fish, you know, this time of year when they start seeing, like when they get that first fly bump in their head, it's kind of like that group's kind of done. Mm-hmm. Found another group, same kind of thing. Finally, Ed's like, all right, Paul, just come see what you can do. Yeah. I'll get up there and like the second cast, just catch this little 12 inch or <laughs> catch this little puppy. I'm like, well, at least I caught something, you know, but. I don't know. It's, hey, it's hard to show up your buddy by catching it. I'd rather it be, you know, a little substantial size fish. 
Well, it was fun. It was you fun. got one on the board, though, man. That's yeah. more redfish than I've caught this year. My boat hasn't even come out of the tarp. It's like uh, it's been hiding under that tarp. Yeah. And uh, I was going to bust it out maybe this weekend, but uh, well, it's the time been, is coming. It's blowing a little bit, and I went offshore instead. We decided to go try to Wahoo fish a little bit yesterday. So my buddy uh, Trey. Oh, is that what y'all were getting after? Yeah, okay. yeah. So Trey Brown has his new boat, and he's just been itching to get it off anyway. So me and him took uh, that. Me, him, and Mike Santelli, and uh, Trey's father-in-law, just four of us piled in and went way the hell south. And we caught one Wahoo. I had another knockdown. We were high-speed trolling, which uh, for those that don't know what high-speed is, basically you put these big lures behind the boat, and you drag them at like 17, 18, 19 miles an hour. So really, really fast. And uh, these Wahoos, they're, they're super fast. They're like torpedoes. They'll come eat it. So we had one knockdown early, and then it was like an hour and a half later. We finally got another one, and we actually boated that one. So, uh, And that was it, man. It was a pretty slow day out there. Um, but it was a lot of life. We saw a lot of cool stuff, man, a lot of birds, a lot of bait, everything really coming alive kind of early. The boat ran great. Um, it was beautiful. It was almost 80 degrees. You know, sun was shining. I mean, it was pretty hard to not enjoy your day out there. You know, it was it was a pretty solid day. So. Nothing here but goats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. I saw that picture on Instagram of y'all getting boarded up at like 4 a.m. or what time yeah, did you leave? Well, we met up at at four. We rolled off yeah. the dock by like 4:30. So if I mean, if I do that and I get back at whatever time it is, yeah, like I'm I'm done. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get to pretty much go to bed at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah, I mean, I fell asleep last night pretty early. That's um, I like uh, I don't know. I was probably in bed by nine. But yeah, I mean, usually it's like during the summer is a little better. But we leave the dock at like five during the summer. We get back to the dock usually around five. You got to clean it up. You've got two hours of work. You got to clean the boat, uh, clean the fish, get all the gear sorted, stored, clean. That is why I like fly fishing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just not my deal, man. Yeah. I mean, I usually get home. If I go fishing in the summer, I usually get home at, like, 7. And you're sunburnt, half drunk, and beat the hell up. Yeah. And I don't know if it's late. Maybe it's just late. Maybe I'm just lazy. It's, uh, I mean, nobody, like, nobody likes that part of it. But it's kind of like. you must love it enough to, like, have to do it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like when I go to the Everglades. Like, by the time I get back, if you ask me the day after I get back from the Everglades, if I'm going back, I tell you to fuck yourself yeah because i'm covered in bug bites i'm sunburnt i'm tired i haven't slept good and i mean you're just obliterated yeah. and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of prep but you give it a day or two and all you can think about is going back you know like you heal up and it's like uh it's like quarterbacks to say the best quarterbacks have short memories well it's kind of the same thing with like anything like that i feel like and i really do love offshore fishing i enjoy doing it yeah so it's important to have a short memory because every day i get off the water i'm like god this is such a pain yeah. in the ass man like yeah. you know but it's part of it, and you just have to deal with it. That's all there's to it. Well, as as we sing a song later about it, we've been hearing all these reports about just big silver in the Everglades and running the Keys. Like it's already happened. I've almost unfriended people because I'm so and like guys that live down there. Oh, they're dude. big fish, man. Well, and they're in the Keys, but they're in the back too. Like the, yeah. a lot of guys in the back country of the Everglades are just doing work right now. I mean, Benny Blanco and those guys down there. That I mean, what Hanson? He's been on them. My buddy Whitney down there has been on him. I texted uh, George Douglas from here. He headed down, headed down there for a few days. I said, did you get on any? He said, no. We jumped a lot. I didn't touch one, but we, I guess that's perfect. That's the best yeah. trip ever. Like, I'd rather so, just jump them. I mean, it's yeah. fun to like grab one in your life. I feel like after that, I'll just yeah. put them in the air and call it a day. Totally. <laughs> the, I mean, I can't believe we're, I mean, we're almost there. Like, I'm going tarpon fishing in May. I can't wait. That's what, what week of May are you going? I mean, not exactly. Week, the first week of I'm May. I'm going to the Glades the second week of May. 
So I thought you were going to the end of May this time. I think it's the second or third week. Maybe it's the third okay. week. Okay, but you're going later than you've ever gone. We've gone the first week of May before, and it's good. But this is definitely way later than we normally go. But they, the fish stay out in the bay. I mean, they're in Florida Bay this all This is the earliest long. I've ever gone. I usually go last weekend in May, typically. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they're in Florida Bay all, all summer long. They're there in July. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of yeah. they come through. That first push is always kind of nice. But this year, I don't even if we had gone in April like we have in years past, I don't think we would have caught the first push. I mean, these fish are coming through. I mean, if it stays this warm, they're going to migrate pretty quick, I feel like. But then again, I'm not a tarpon biologist, so I don't know. No, you're not. I am not. But you're close. I'm a nurse. You're like in I'm biology in the, stuff. I am in the sciences. And you started off with wildlife biology in school. I did. I did. But I don't think I got to the part about tarpon. That would have been... <laughs> I, I should have hung out long enough to get to the tarpon chapter tarpon in the book. Tarpon 101. I should have got to the tarpon chapter in the book before I quit. That would have been smarter. <laughs> all right let's take a little break and uh come on back with whatever we're going to talk about yeah I let's like try it. to make it interesting michael let's make it interesting what hey man we just do what we do and they either like it or they don't paul that's the way it is and we don't really give a shiite nope it's your fault if you listen to this and waste your time exactly Welcome you to Handjob. Handjob. The finest in nail, salon, and spa amenities in the South. We want you to come and let our technicians make your hands their jobs. At Handjob, your hand is our job. Our job is your hands. As you put your hands and let that be our job, we will do nothing short of making it our job to make you feel good. We want you to look your best at your job. So come on down and let us give you a hand job. Hand job. This is the finest in personal gratitude and feeling of warmth as we take all your hands together and make them feel special and beautiful because it's our job so when you come to our hand job spa we will caress stroke massage and ease you on your way to a beautiful hand job our job hands for jobs with hand jobs jobs hands hand jobs <laughs> I think it's just I should have let the music play that was like just a test to see how many times yeah. we say hand jobs <laughs> Any look you want. Boop de boop curls. Really loose curls. Or 
That's only fair. I mean, they didn't get the full, the full set, so why they didn't clap like there's a full you set? You think we're doing okay? I think we're doing all right, Paul. We're doing okay. You think so? I think these other guys are just waste of space. I don't think we really needed them. Just, oh, like Tucker and Doug and Yeah, Will. screw those guys. They can't show up. It's just me and you, Paul. It would take a little bit of my soul if I knew that y'all were recording without me. I, it, I, You guys have recorded without me once or twice. And, How did uh, it feel? It hurts. I, I hate I listen to the show because Sometimes I feel like I needed to. Sometimes the show must go on though, Michael. It does. And I, I told you, boys, just don't wait on me. Go ahead and do it. And uh, But, yeah, it always it felt like, what do they call it, FOMO, right? Fear of missing FOMO. out. FOMO. Yeah, it was like that. Like, I knew all my friends were doing something real cool, and uh, I wasn't. And it's hard to, it's hard to stomach. All right, we're gonna call. Uh, well, let's let's. We're gonna call Docveed. We forgot to like intro. We're doing Docveed today. Yeah. Um, we're also going to uh, Duncan Millsaps come by here. Yo, the, the fly oh, top. God, he's gonna man, teach I you. I think this motherfucker. A pheasant tail. I think. A, a PT nymph for real. A, a bead headed pheasant. He was. He's. 
all about bead heads right now. Like he just discovered the bead head, and he's pretty sure you have no idea how to do <laughs> I it. Don't know why you keep doing this guy, dude. He's terrible. But we are going to call Doc Veed right now because it's been way too long since we. Oh, have, I love me some Doc Veed. We have called him, and we're doing it right freaking now. Doc Veed. Hey. Hello, American friends. Oh, hello, Doc Veed. It's been so long. It's been way too it's long. It's been very long time. Very let's, long. Let's get the people. The people like, want to just give you... There oh, it is. We got a little hand, round of applause for Doc Veed going on right now. It's been so long since I've seen you, buddy. I know. It's very long. It's like winter in Siberia. Very long. So you're you're taking your two illegitimate kids to for pizza tonight? Is that the deal? Is that why we had to squeeze yes, this in? They are, not, they, they are not my children, but we are eating pizza, playing video games. I thought, I thought the test came back that they were your children. No, I just come here to hang out with other people's children. Oh, <laughs> you're at Chuck E. Cheese's hanging out with other people's there's, there's a lot of kids here. It's a target-rich environment, as they say. you got to oh be careful with God. that, Doc V. There's been a lot of... Uh... A lot of, uh, you Doc know... Doc Veed had a pocket full of quarters and two pepperoni pizza. <laughs> it makes you the most popular man in Chuck E. Cheese, doesn't it, Doc Veed? Absolutely. That mouth ain't got shit on me. <laughs> well, how you been, buddy? You been, you been doing that check niffing thing that you're really into, or what have you been up to? I do I do a lot of Euro niffing. I do a lot of dry flying. A lot of streamering. You know, Doc, you just catch fish no matter what he throws. Okay. Well, um, what, I mean, and by been... fish, I mean children. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Have you been traveling too? You went back home to Yugoslavia? Doc, Doc visit Belgrade. Doc, we remember many times that he crushed the oppression in Belgrade. He's good memories for Doc. All right, awesome, bud. Dogweed brings blue jeans to people of Serbia. Dogweed is hero there. Well, I, I just have this image of you, Dogweed, and, and Chuck E. Cheese right now in an Adidas tracksuit, top and bottom, gold chain, and a Kangol hat. Is that what is that what's happening right now? You know, only we only only girly men wear t-shirts under their track jacket. Exactly. Dogweed wear nothing under track jacket. It's halfway down. All the time. <laughs> Perfect. It's exactly. Doc would go to Chuck E. Cheese exactly the way Doc would dress to go fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you got any big trips lined up this summer to go fishing anywhere? Yes, yes. Uh, Doc, you think Fire Island will be on fire? Fire Island? There. Where is you Fire know, Island? Where, I believe it's where, you know, the, the, the boys hang out. Boys hang out. Not boys like boys. Boys like men who act like boys. <laughs> uh, so kind of like a, a, what, a man cave or something? You know, it's bone fishing in bone fishing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you're you're starting to get into the bone fishing stuff. Dogweed dog like bone fish. Dogweed like permit. Dogweed like tarpon. But Dogwood has a special place in the heart for bone fish. 
Okay. That's that's important. Yeah, everybody finds one they like of the big three. You found yours. It's a good thing. Who's like who's like your biggest fly fishing uh, inspiration? Like who do you uh, love to read about and see pictures of? Because I know that Joseph Stalin. Okay. He was a I big meant, fly fisherman, huh? Yeah. I meant, Joseph Stalin's huge fly fisherman. <laughs> So, like a little kid, you grew up just loving some some Joseph Stalin fly fishing photos. Let me let me tell you, Americanski, something. Joseph Stalin kicks with pallets ass any day of the weekend. <laughs> I, I bet he would. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, do you Joseph like Joseph Stalin cast twice as far as Team Rage? That pussy <laughs> Scandinavian can't even get across the pond. Is that what you grew up believing, or what you grew up being told? It is in every book Doc we learned in school. Have you ever thought about like being a free thinker and kind of learning on, on your own what may or may not happen? Doc, he thinks on his own exactly what people tell him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what you, so what's the plan tonight, buddy? What, what, what's the uh, the big long-term plan tonight after you leave Chuck E. Cheese? You know, it depends on who I leave with. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> all, right, all right, man. I, all right, buddy. I don't think we should continue this conversation. Nice the cops of, tap your phone. Maybe a nice bottle of Keontae, a little bit of Disney Junior on demand. You never know. And some Tylenol PM. Uh, you know, Robitussin goes a long way. <laughs> all right, we got to hang up, man. I don't want the cops tracing this. All right, buddy. Well, they, uh, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. We'll talk Thank soon. Thank you, fellas. We'll I talk hope, soon. I hope okay. you're not successful tonight. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he understands uh, the it's taboos also, and. It's also very always very interesting with, with dog meat. Oh, I love dog meat. <sighs> I don't love his habits so much, but. All right, what's going on here? You've got a thingy under your oh. thingy. It's like a coil of wire. I don't, is that for picture hanging? It's for pick picker hanging. Picture hanging. So, what else we got coming up later? We're gonna do Duncan Millsap and social media theater. Social media theater. We've got a few rando topics that we'll throw in there, sprinkled amongst. And Queso from the hotline. We got oh yeah, we got Queso's gonna answer his hotline. We actually do have some voicemails from the hotline. Uh, that first one you heard this was just a taste uh, to open up the show, but we've got some real ones that uh, we'll let Queso do instead of his traditional snail mail mail snack. We're now moving up into the '90s with a voicemail. And uh, we can answer voicemails instead. So, all right, I've got a topic that I sent you that I'm very much on one side of this topic. There's no two ways about it, and uh-huh. most people are on the other side of it. And I don't know which way you're on it. Okay, throw it out there. Let's see where I'm at. When you make chili, <laughs> oh well, yeah. Do you put beans in it, or do you not put beans in it? And no. what is it called with or without beans? Look, man, no fucking beans and chili. So you're an anti. I'm an anti-bean. I make, and I feel like I make a really good chili, and I spend my time with it. Uh, I think no beans. There's, there's How is it chili? Then it's meat sauce. <laughs> it's I mean, you put it on spaghetti. It's got you could, but then you'd be a terrible human being. No, man, it's it, it's meat. It is peppers, onions, and and it's chili. It's chilies. So like I use three or four different types of chilies in mine. And you use a little bit of you know uh, mesa flour in there to thicken it up. You got you got your uh, tomatoes. You got 
It's chili. It doesn't need beans. There's no beans in chili. But it makes it substantial when you eat it. It feels even, like you're fucking eating something. But even Mexicans, they have chili, con, you know, whatever, huevos. If you have it, or huevos is eggs. What's beans? Frijoles. Chili con frijoles. They have to say with beans because chili does not have beans. So if there is beans, they have to say with beans. So we're, we're basing this off Spanish. <laughs> I'm basing it off. So the Mexicans... Did they eventually maybe the Cowboys I got? I think it's more Mexico. Tex-Mex probably. It's really more yeah. Texas. Than, it's more Cowboy. Yeah, I'd say it's a cow, and it's probably just because you know they need to make well, a big pot of something for feed. So, what if one day when someone put beans in the chili, everyone fuck? You can always improve on something. I, well, see, there's different ways of making chili, of course, but I don't believe chili has beans now. My fiance, or shit, my wife. Jesus. I have to get used to saying that. It's a hard thing to say. Anyway, my wife, she would disagree with me and agree with you. And she made me the last batch of chili I made. I put like one can of beans in there, just though there were some beans in it. There weren't, definitely was not okay, a lot so of beans. She's in on it. the bean camp. She wouldn't let me make it unless I put beans in there. So. Yes, yeah, I agree with her. I don't. I hate beans. I, I, that's the other reason I don't put it in my I chili. I put vegetables in my like some. Uh, I'll rip up some banana peppers and some onions, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some green peppers and dice them up. Well, I do I do bell pepper, onion. Um, I usually do jalapeno. Jalapeno, too. And then I'll do, um, I like serrano. It's just a different type of heat. Yeah. And then I do uh, ground dried cayenne, um, crushed red. Like, I do a bunch of different chilies in there. Uh, you know, stewed tomatoes, tomato sauce, water. Like I said, a little mesa flour, some other shortage spices and, you know, cumin and all that shit. Um, and I do like half, uh, I'll do a venison usually, so I'll do a half venison and half pork sausage. And like, that's my meat. Like, I, and then I stew it all day, man. It takes me like four hours simmering time. Like, I take my chili seriously, but I don't do beans. I, I, there's two reasons. One, I grew up with no beans in my chili, and, and I don't believe in it. And two, I don't like beans. Like, I personally just don't like beans. It's a texture thing. I don't, I couldn't explain it to you. I'll eat like green beans. So, wait, if chili. I showed up here with like, man, this is. My favorite pot of chili, and you start eating it and it has beans in it, you're not going to eat it? I eat, I'll tell you, honestly, what you'd find is you'd find a bowl with a bunch of beans in the bottom of it. Oh, can. my God. I'll eat around You'll the beans. you sift through the beans? Yeah, I'll eat around the beans. Because people make chili with beans. That I don't not so eat it. That is so fucking weird. You I don't like beans? <laughs> I don't, man. I don't. I, what about black-eyed peas? No, that's just another bean that they call a pea. I mean, it's, it's the same. I don't do them. I'll do, like, green beans. I'll eat those. Yeah, but that's... It's not really bean bean. And then... I don't know, man. When I was a kid, like we had pinto beans at every meal. My grandmama, she made pintos every meal. And you don't like them? And I, yeah, and I think that's maybe why I don't like them. Like I just got overfed. Did the you beans. eat them back then, though? I guess so. when I was a kid, I don't remember. But I mean, I don't. I, all as far back as I can remember, as someone who gets to make a choice whether or not I eat something, I haven't eaten beans. I don't like them. I mean, I can if I'm hungry and there's beans and that's all. Like somebody made like baked beans or something. Black beans. I don't do black beans. Like I said, I can't eat them. It's not like I. It's not like I have this huge aversion to them. I just personally don't like them. So if I cannot eat them, I'm gonna not eat them. If I, you know, it's if crazy. I have to eat them, or if it's the only thing on the menu, like if you're, let's say you're at a lodge or something like that, you know, where they have like a set meal for the yeah. night, and you're hungry as shit, you've been fishing all day. If beans is on the plate, I'm probably gonna eat the beans because I'm hungry and they're there. So any kind of bean. Yeah, like I just I don't like beans. I know I don't know why. Like people just don't. I don't like to. Like, I don't like raw tomatoes. So. Yeah, what if you liked beans? Would the whole chili bean, the chili thing, still be how you? Probably say not. It? No, I would probably, I would probably side with okay, beans. Okay, so and chili. it's more of a bias towards not liking beans at all. For me personally, yeah. Because I, 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 I will be the first to admit, I utilize the, the basis that chili does not, you know, like that. My whole argument 
I just utilized that argument, which I, st- I still believe is a strong argument. I utilized that argument to justify me not liking beans in my chili, basically. That's the way yeah, I work. That's understandable. I'm honest but there are it. people out there, though, that probably love beans. Joanne. But still stand by the fact that you cannot put beans in chili. That's true. Yeah, I mean... That guy, guy ha- exists out there. I'm sure. And that guy's better man than me. Like, I, I would probably swing the other way. If I liked beans, if I really liked beans, they'd go in my chili. Because yeah. they don't... But that's the thing. They don't add or detract anything from the chili. <clears throat> that's the problem. I, like, that's the thing. I don't understand why it's such a big argument. Flavor profile-wise... If you cooked it with beans and then like just magically removed all the beans, it would taste exactly like it did if you cooked it with no beans in it. Like they don't add anything. If anything, they soak up. Yeah, it's more of a substance kind of a. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't really particularly care for the texture of beans, so for me, it ruins it. Like I I like. I I can't wait to get some drops out of this. (laughs) I don't know, man. I just don't. I don't do it. And like I said, I'm not vehement about it. You know, chili is an art form, and I feel like you know everybody has their recipe, their way of doing it. And you know, hey man, if you put all that time and effort, like I only make chili like once I mean, or twice isn't there a year. A bean called a chili bean. Yeah, and they're kidney beans that are spiced yeah. with like, it's just if I like on for Joanne when I made it, I didn't want to mess with my spice profile because I, I take time profile. with my spices. <laughs> so I just bought plain old kidney beans and put those in there so that spice profile. So it didn't mess with anything. But yeah, you can buy chili beans and they're they're kidney beans in like a a sauce like you know it's got like a chili sauce in there yeah and I mean you can dump those in there if you want that's fine but ain't my bag like you can probably put pintos or black eyed peas or black beans you probably put whatever you want in there I mean it doesn't matter the chili is gonna all you're gonna taste is the chili so then, when you go get a burrito at Moe's you pass no the beans, beans. Like, that's I like, get the home record all like the way 25% of the fucking burrito dude it's big enough without it I did home record all the way no beans rice and chicken what do you mean all the way it's just, I don't hold any like it, whatever it says on the list you know like what oh, they okay. put in there I let them yeah, put all yeah. that shit in there so guac and, and sour I cream add, I add pickled jalapenos to mine that's the way I roll most. I do that too I get the grilled onions and peppers to the fajita mix I haven't done that yet but I may have to add it but yeah no no beans No. Keep so have you ever gotten a cheeseburger at a Mexican restaurant no, I never have. I don't think I have either. I just, I mean, I, I don't know why you would. If I wanted a cheeseburger, even, I mean, they might have a great cheeseburger. Yeah. But I didn't go to the Mexican restaurant to eat cheeseburgers. You know? It's kind of the same way that, uh, that, um, old Jake the Snake one time at Home Team made me, um, made me get a cheeseburger at Home Team. Well, that's a little closer to the. And then. Captain Snake here. And then, uh, it was awesome. Like, it, they smoke the patties. That's what I'm saying. Like, that doesn't seem as much no, of a stretch. Because it's an American thing. It's a grilling thing. But I go to home team to get barbecue. You just yeah, kind of think yeah, barbecue. Yeah. But when I have their cheeseburger, it took me instantly back to this restaurant in Dallas that used to be kind of one of these drive-in kind of show mm-hmm. in your car and your, your dad on a Saturday called Prince's Hamburgers. It tastes, I mean, it's crazy how a taste can take you back to like 25 years ago. Yeah. And it did that for me. Yeah, man. Team cheeseburger. I love it. I love a good. I, and honestly, I think burgers are another kind of art form. Like you can make anybody can make a burger, but we to make it good, about cheeseburger is hard. Yeah, and and takes a lot of work. And and I, I appreciate a good cheeseburger. Like I've, I think um, I took Joanne to uh, for her birthday. I took her to Oak Steakhouse, and I ordered the cheeseburger. At Oak Steakhouse, which y'all don't know, it's like a high I've had it. end. I've yeah. had it at the bar. And yep. she ordered filet mignon, you know, it's a steakhouse, steakhouse. And she looked at me like, I was like, babe, it's not a money thing. I literally, I want yep. the cheeseburger. It's a damn fine cheeseburger. It is. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's high quality. Like, I, I like a good cheeseburger, and that's what I wanted. So. Sometimes we'll go there and just go to the bar. Because, yeah. you get, you know, you get everything you can 
you want. Exactly. And you can get the whole menu. That is a nice bar. It's like it an old awesome. school. Yeah. yeah. The last time I got the cheeseburger and fries, <laughs> and I think it was like a never ending amount of fries because they there's tiny little the shoestrings i love them oh but they never run out you like keep <laughs> eating them and you, you feel like you're there's there's a lot of good burgers in charleston we could probably spend a whole segment just talking about the different good cheeseburgers oh, that, that are around i gotta, I've, I've I gotta play this stuff hot dog chili and the peppers and the cheese and all that shit on it yeah. <laughs> that's a great the cheese and the I, mean, I like that guy. He was a good dude, man. That was like his first vacation in five years. Oh, yeah, he's got all his kids, man. He's trying to make sure his kids grow up right. That's a, that's a man right there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. So, no beans and chili. Uh, and cheeseburgers are good. I think that's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers are good. Well, oh, Lord. Should we take another little break? Yeah, man. I think we could probably hit it one more break and then come back with a nice solid segment. and and this show might be a little shorter than you're used to, A, because there's only two of us, so, uh, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah. And then B, because we are going to introduce our next project at the end of the show, and then uh, we're actually going to still be here after Barely Live uh, to record the first installment of said project. So. Yeah, so let's so let's take a little break. Yeah. Come on back. Um, I don't know. We'll take another break, and then maybe even one more break, and then end it with Queso, and then the introduction of the, the Barely Live baby. So. I like it. Let's do All it. Right. I put in the water and I made the engine run. I loaded the lantern against a sinking sun, and my brother Walter was loading his gun, and we went down the It is your favorite fishing professional, Richard Queso, here to introduce you to a new fine product from the Richard Queso line of fine products. I'm giving you Whistle Pig Thav. Now, Whistle Pig Thav is a fine cream for any skin ailment you may encounter in your outdoor life. What? Oh, hello, Cletus. Hey, Cletus, we're doing another commercial. Come on over here. Now, Cletus, can you tell these fine people what a Whistle Pig is? Well, since you asked me, Whistle Pig is a colloquialism, southern terminology. For the fine groundhog. Yeah, the groundhog. That is absolutely right. And the groundhog holds a secret, ladies and gentlemen, that not many people know, in that under his skin is a good, clean, creamy salve that will treat your skin and help you feel better in your day-to-day life. Now, now, Clayton, how do we collect these groundhogs? Well, we shoot the shit out of them. If you don't like a groundhog, you ain't, you ain't not met a gun. You get that 22 rifle... 
You get it all set up and they just start sprouting out of the ground every which way but loose. And they come on out and you just, you just find them in that crosshair and you get them. Well, that, that's mighty aggressive, Cletus. I'm not going to... How about you go outside or something for a minute? We got to finish this commercial or nothing. So, like I okay, said... Okay, then. Yeah, Cletus, bye, bye. So, like I said, huh? Whistle Pig Salve is the finest of the new holistic uh, products from uh, Richard Queso's line of fine products. So, go on down to the store, go to Amazon or wherever it is you find Richard Queso's fine products and get you some Whistle Pig Salve. Well, you call no, Cletus, we're done with the commercial now. Jesus okay, Christ, then. amateurs. Go kill the whistle pig or something. Tony Silkway presents The Personal Perms. Here's your guide to the one that's right for you. Is your hair color treated? Be sure to use the gentle Tony Silkway just for color treated hair. Is your hair hard to curl? There's a silk wave just for you. Regular for normal hair. But here's the exciting part. You pick the amount of curl you want just by the amount of time you leave it on. Silk wave, the personal burns. One is right for you and you and you. It's too fucking hot for February. I got shorts on and my legs are sweaty. So we die. Trees trying to bloom, it ain't spring yet. You fools gonna get coke in, kill you all. Won't see no flowers till goddamn fall. It's too hot for February. It's fucking night and my balls are sweaty. It's not this till June, July. I know, man. Hell, August. I mean, I, I like it, but it kind of worries me a little bit. Yeah, man. I think that global warming might have something to do with it. Well, we could really get into that, but then again, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, that's probably right. It's too fucking hot for February. Too, too, too hot for February. The bass are busting and the fucking scary. Yeah, Bass are betting, booms are blooming, and life's going on like it's summertime grooving, but it's, it's still fucking February. Still work. 
doggy. Son. This is, this is a little bit different deal with two of us. I know, man. It's, it's just, just different. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just different. Yeah. I, I mean, I do miss the extra company, but... Uh, I feel like we have to, like, really come up with a lot of shit. And just, <laughs> I'm so used to having dead time where, like, Will or you is going off on something. Yeah, well, and you, yeah, usually, like... I mean, not that me and Paul don't enjoy hanging out with each other so long, but, like, we were hanging out for, like, an hour and a half before this thing even started, so now, like, in the downtime between yeah. sets, like, we're not... Or like looking at each other and planning the next few minutes and all right let's go i'm you also know? used to fidgeting with shit the whole time so i feel like i'm having to like really come up with some stuff while i'm kind of like pushing buttons and what have you yeah it's definitely a lot harder for you because yeah you're having to keep talking and a lot of what would be normally filled yeah. by doug or will or yeah whatever yeah and uh, yeah i get it i get it but we we need to get the boys back but this is good so we got our our little uh, announcement coming up at the end of this we might take another break and then come back for that, but we'll just kind of see what happens. We might just roll yeah. right through it. Um, so, not last weekend, but two weeks ago, we we I've come to find real joy in one of the places you took me to for the first time was True Blues. Oh yeah, son. So Alex and uh, Alex and I and Clint and the their ladies Alexandra and. Uh, Chelsea, we all went up to uh, True Blues Karaoke Night on Saturday night. That's an interesting crowd, to say the least. Yeah, it's already interesting. You yeah. throw you throw the karaoke thing in there, and it's like a whole cast of characters, man. Like those it's people, weird. like we went up there for a good time. We found a good time, but like some of it, some of those folks, that's like their serious Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the good the other good thing about blues is they <laughs> bless you, Paul. Bless you. We got pollen. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of pollen outside damn in February. But they uh they got good chicken wings too, so you can you can always find you a good time in them old chicken, chicken wings. wings. Chicken wings. So it got to the point where I signed up pretty early. I was probably like five or six. And by the time I was done and wanted to re sign up, I was like twenty fifth on the list, like after that. People like it get was after crazy it. how like people would sign up twice, you know? Yeah. So I forget what I rocked. I think I rocked like, um, I think I did a little. Um, I did a little whaling. Uh, typically, oh. always do a little whaling. And then um, I don't remember what else I did. But oh, I did Madonna like a virgin. Like a virgin. Kind of like a country version <laughs> of that. Everyone was looking at me like, what the. Fuck? <laughs> and at the end, everyone loved it. Like it. Yeah. It not as bad as rough. not as bad as Fergie doing the jazz version of the United that States was anthem. <laughs> Let's not bring sex appeal into the <laughs> star-spangled banner, dude. Anyway, yeah, that was ridiculous. But are you much of a karaoke guy, Michael? I, I've done it a few times in my life. Uh, I, I actually, like, which seems odd because, like, when I'm drinking around my friends, like, all all we do is bust out guitars and yeah. sing. Like, that's, but I've never been big on getting up and, I don't know why. Like, when I drink enough, yes, yes, I will karaoke, but... I will say this in New York City. Hell yeah, karaoke! They'll have a uh, they have a bar there. It's called Karaoke USA or something like that. I can't remember the name of, um, in Manhattan, but it was uh, it was a weird joint. So you go in there, and our friend who lived there told us we you know we have to go try this place. So we go in, and it's a like one room, like it's really tiny, and there's like a desk slash bar up at the front. You pay for your own private room. And you have these closed-off cubicle rooms. They're all, like, sound-insulated, so you can't hear your neighbors. They have a flat-screen TV in each room, like this big, like, circular couch that fills the room with tables in the middle. 
and uh, you get iPads and microphones. There's two mics and an iPad. And the iPad, you list all your songs, and the microphones, and so it's just you and your friends. So there's like six of us in this particular room. You could probably fit eight, ten okay. maybe in there. I'm intrigued. And the, the waitresses and waiters bring your booze to you. Um, and so you sit there and order beer or whatever. They bring it to the room, and you just sit in that room with an iPad, and you can go at so it. So the only people seeing you or hearing you are in your little room. Yeah, yeah. But see, I kind of like seeing people I don't know. I, that well, that's sounds, the thing. I mean, that's that different. sounds cool, too, though. Yeah, it's it, that's the thing. Like, I feel like... It, and you know, this place, you can go out to the bar and do it there, but it's just like a small bar. Yeah. So there'll only be like eight people there. So if you went like by yourself, or like there's just a couple, like two people wanted to go. Yeah. You might go out to the bar with strangers and do it. But uh, if you had like a group of like eight or ten people, you you talk about getting crazy, like and people really cutting loose and like singing some weird shit. That was uh, that was entertaining. I did enjoy that. Uh, spent a lot of money really fast, but uh, it was a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, every once in a while, I'll jump up. I don't know what my go-to is. <laughs> I usually just whatever I'm feeling that night. Yeah. No, I hear you, buddy. Hey, hey, I get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I came across uh, another good drop from... Let's uh, see here. We love our drops. Oh, man. Well, Paul, you can't call something out and then not find it. <laughs> this chair is... Well, it means I, so much to me that you guys... No, that's not it. Oh, well. I'll find it again later. Oh, here it is. We've just consumed about 34 pounds of steak. There it is, Doug. Doug. There it is. So, um... Speaking of Doug, doesn't he have, like, a party or something coming up? Don't we have, like, a... A birthday party. Birthday party. April 7th. Is it his 40th? Yes. Yeah, We're going to do that at Fatty's. Yeah, that's right. I got the invite thing at the house. I just... Uh, There's wife. an invite? Well, maybe. Well, I'm playing music at it, so I know I'm gonna be there. <laughs> I got an invite from you know Kelsey had. Was it like had, an evite? No, it was like a, a hard invite. Like really? A, yeah, I've got it on my refrigerator, like a wedding invite kind of thing, but not as fancy. You know, oh, wow. just like a printout. Obviously, Doug had nothing to do with that. Like now, Kelsey, all the people listening are like waiting for their invite. They're like, <laughs> I didn't get an invite. Yeah. So I got it on the refrigerator. Yeah. So I guess we'll do that. Jeez. Well, you're playing at it. You're you're not no, no, you're not I invited. Need, I don't you're, need an invite. You're the artist. I'll be there by God. You're gonna you can't do that. Well, that's the thing. It. Like I highly suggest anybody listening to this who knows Doug and didn't get an invite, just show up anyway and be perfectly fine. I actually had a song earlier I was doing before you got here, and then I stopped doing it. But this is kind of how it went. All right, go for it. Let's see if you can kind of come on in here. I don't remember now what I said, but pretty much the same music from all the other songs. <laughs> we got one tune. Hey Mike, why do you hate GTs? <laughs> hey Mike, why you hate GTs? They're all swimming around in the coral seas. Said hey Mike, why do you hate GTs? Hey Paul, I don't hate them. I simply feel they're overrated Just another big jack swimming round Only rich people get to fish for them Cause you gotta be loaded to even get there Paul, I don't hate them, they're overrated Don't call me Tosh Brown, I don't wanna hear it The GTs, they eat birds and things like that Things that fly and things that are a little too Big. You would never think they'd eat in the first place Maybe they'd eat my shoe Maybe they'd eat a shoe too Cause I've seen on YouTube Thank you 
<laughs> anyway, that's a little song idea I had earlier, but I forgot to I forgot to circle back with it. I like it. I didn't I didn't do as well with it, but I like it. It's all right. All right, so let's do a little uh, let's do a little social media theater. This is when we take you know someone's social media and, and read it. Yeah, and uh, you should feel. I feel like if you're picked for this, you should feel excited. This is this is the equivalent of of just giving shit to your. <laughs> Giving shit to somebody, like, yeah, but know, in a fun way. In a fun way, yeah. We're not. That's Take, why we don't mention names. We don't want yeah, nobody no going names. out finding you and harassing you. Uh, we just want to point out something we find comical that you may or may not have done. And of course, we have to do it kind of in a British <laughs> accent, at least the main part. Then we'll follow through with some comments. Okay, oh yeah, yeah. And I got to pretend that I know what the comment people sound like. Um. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a little background music to kind yeah. of get the mood going. Yeah. We remember go. how to do this. Okay, you guys got me. For weeks I've been reading the captions on some wonderful fish pictures, and I noticed it would start with quotations, P.B. quotations. When I would see it, the first thing that would come to mind was peanut butter. I thought that's what P.B. stood for. Some sort of peanut picture in there. What we call them emoji, peanut emoji. So since then, every time I see it, I think, wow, that's kind of funky and I like it. My peanut butter fish. I just found out yesterday that it means personal best. What dot 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 WTF? Major buzzkill. Smiley. No, that's a frown emoji, Michael. Space, space, space. On another note, this is my peanut butter drum. Drum emoji. All fish are PBs, yo. Yo ass is lucky enough to be out there pulling on them. And now, for the comments section. From some gentleman following said person, I have weighed two fish my whole life. Never measured antlers once. I always thought being out there and the experience was the real trophy and what it's all about. Hi, music note emoji. It's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time crying emoji. I guess you need a jellyfish now, laughing crying emoji. Peanut butter is way better than personal best. My next big fish is gonna be peanut butter. Start with the peanut butter movement. The jellies will follow. Kids and their abbreviation. Old AF. Red Dawn! I meant hashtag old AF. Peanut butter jelly time! Peanut butter jelly time! How did you find a black drum with the face of a cartoon character? Awesome. Got a few peanut butters. Laughy face, laughy face, cry face. Thanks for explaining what PB means. Like you, first thing came to my at my mind was peanut butter. 
<laughs> you are too cute. I have to look this stuff up all the time. I only knew about PBE because I work out and it's like a lot of things that people do in the gym. Hashtag working it out, girl. That was Social Media Theater with your host, Michael Benson and Paul Puckett. All right, all right, we did it. Another installment of Social Meter Theater. Meter Meter Theater. So uh, if you got some good social media theater ideas, you know, feel free to email them to us. Yeah, we we keep it anonymous. Yeah, if if there's somebody on social media, I don't know, that maybe just goes a little overboard for you and your personal tastes and you feel like we can tastefully make fun of them, uh, please send them along. We're always interested. Uh, and we, we've got a phone number now. We got a phone number. All you have to do is call our, our hotline. Yeah, let's talk about that. The hotline? Yeah, let's, let's just you know make sure people understand that that phone number is for using. Yeah, and you got do you have it up for them to read it out to them? So the phone number is eight four three seven three two three seven nine five. Once again, eight four three seven three two three seven nine five. And yes, that is a real number. And uh, you can definitely call that number and leave voicemails. It's only to a voicemail. Like we're not going to answer it. But if you call it, leave us a voicemail. Whatever you want to say to in it, you can you can tell Richard Queso something. You can tell me or Paul something. Or you know what, Michael? What's that? As a matter of fact, we have some voicemails. We need to get Richard Queso in here. We're gonna do that now. Okay. Yeah. Might, might as well, huh? We're gonna find his ass. I, don't know do you, I mean, do you think we should do something else, or just go ahead and do it? I think we we'll go ahead and do it. Let's do the queso. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and do it. Let me. Uh... Let me get queso. Oh. Okay. Rich. Hey, Richard. Hey, bud. There he is. What's up, Richard? How you doing, buddy? Hold on a second. Hold on. I gotta play your song, buddy. You know the cue. Mail sack, mail sack, why is there hair in this mail sack? Mail sack, mail sack, let's all go inside. Mail sack, mail sack, why is there hair in this mail sack? Mail sack, mail sack, it's Well, hello there, Bailey Life fans. It is me, Richard Catho, and I'm here to answer the questions from. Oh, not my mail sack any longer. It's my mail voicemail sack. Oh, so uh, Michael already told you? Yeah, he told me. I got. You know what, Paul? I was kind of hoping just to put the surprise on you right now. I'm so excited. I've never had a voicemail. It's still. I mean, it's still a mail sack. Yeah, it is, it's just, but it's digital. So, like, digital. I feel like I've moved up into, like, the 90s or something, you know, yeah. like, really futuristic stuff here. I've never had a voicemail. I am super excited about having a voicemail. Well, so what we're going to do, I'm just going to play it. Yeah, let's do it. I and we got it. five, so let's not keep the answers real long. Yeah, that's fine. I, that's perfectly fine. I can try not <coughs> to do that. I know, but you tend to. I, I do ramble a bit, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so let's get the first one here. All right, let's listen. Hey, good morning. This is Jeff from the Fishbourne crew. Looking for Richard Queso. Following up, trying to figure out where my catalog is. I requested a catalog for Queso Corp quite a few months back. Still waiting for it. We're, uh, we're waiting to, uh, to see the latest and greatest. We're hoping to see what's going on for the spring line for 2018. Anyways, Richard, if you could get that catalog out, that would be great. I'll be waiting anxiously. Uh, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Well, Have a good Jay, one. Wait, are you right. done yet? I don't know how this voicemail thing works. 
Well, so that's Jeff from Fishporn. Well, Jeffrey, uh, I hand make each one of those catalogs. So typically, it uh, it takes a little while, and then Cletus is my mail guy. So I don't know if you've heard of commercials lately, but Cletus can be a little uh, different. So. I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, you could easily just go to Amazon or Amazon or, or <clears throat> you know, uh, any other website and find my product like, you know, people in the 21st century tend to do. But, you know, sure, wait on me to slave away and do all the custom artwork. And you know how hard it is to draw a picture of Coon Claw powder? You know, like it's powder. No, but it's incredible what it's you do. It's really yeah. hard to do. And, and, and now I just added the, the new Whistle Pig Balm. And I guess I got to tear up all the work I just did and start all over again. Well, at least people know now what it takes to make that catalog. Yeah, you know, it, people do not appreciate how much work. And I, I'm working out of a trailer in the back, man. I, you know, the the Airstream don't have a whole lot of room in it. Not for projects like making catalog and stuff. And, you know, it ain't like I got a Gutenberg press in the back or something. You know, I got to do all this stuff by hand. So, so sorry, Jeffrey. Uh, I will get you your catalog as soon as I can, you princess. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah, I guess. I'm not complaining anymore. Let's not get all round up. All right. Jesus. Well, Hey, Richard Queso. It's Mark Ziegler from Titusville, Florida, calling again. Sorry, I got cut off there, but my question to you was, how does one go about purchasing your products down here in Florida? And I wondered what the application process was for potential pro staff. Mm. I believe your product would work wonders down here on our beautiful Mosquito Lagoon. Anyway, thanks for your time, and I look forward to hearing your answer. Good question. Bye. Well, I, I, I refer Who's to that Anderson? There's no oh, way. I have no idea. That I refer to you. Yeah, Paul's over there on the master control. Fucking stuff Ed's, try, Ed's trying to get in. I know Ed. Ed, he's crazy. Ed's crazy. Anyway, uh, so Peter, is that was his name? Peter something? Uh, Mark. Mark. Zinger. Mark. Perfect. That was close. Anyway, <laughs> so Mark, uh, I will refer you to my previous answer. Uh, you can go online, Amazon, or RichardKasoFinProducts.com slash net dot back. So where's you getting out, Mike? And then, you know, uh, that's fine. And we do have a pro staff. It's great. Uh, you sign up for it. You pay 100% of the retail value. And then you get the product. And you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to be pro staff, I'll, 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 I don't know, maybe I'll draw on the back of one of Paul's shirts or something and send it to you. And that way everybody know the official. Uh, but, yeah, come on now, man. We'll get you some coon claw powder for your cold. We'll get you some uh, uh, whistle pig grease. I think, I think he was trying to tell you basically they need some sort of mosquito repellent. Yeah, well, I've been working on one for years, Paul. But it, it's the flammability is the hard thing to get over. Like you wouldn't believe how flammable some of these things are. I'm sure. And you know, <laughs> I had Cletus try some out one day when he was out trying to collect some coon call powder. Mm-hmm. He lit a cigarette. My near took off every hair on his head. He didn't have eyebrows for a month. So we got to fine tune it. No, Cletus got. Don't okay. you ever go home? You have a home, Cletus. I got a home. It's on wheels, but it's a home. Okay. Bye. Ah. Get out of here, Cletus. Good Lord. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. Everybody wanting to get the same question. All right. right, let's do it. I'm really leaving a message for the great Richard Queso. This is Johnny V in West Palm Beach, Florida. Two two questions. First, uh, Mr. Queso, you've been a mentor to so many of Ooh. us. I'm wondering, who who is it that you look up to in the fly fishing community? Who Who is your mentor? Would really like to know. Second... Primarily for Captain Queso, but for the rest of the the crew, I've got a uh, kayak trip to Everglades National Park coming up, and 
would appreciate any tips for success, you know, tackle, flies, leaders, strategies for, for catching fish, avoiding the bugs, or even snacks and drinks to bring. Would really appreciate it. Thank you very much, gentlemen. <clears throat> Good day. Oh, that could take a whole second. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, man. He had, a, he had a lot of questions. That was a lot. Well, I, first off, I appreciate you being a big fan and such. That That's really warm with my heart to hear that people pay attention to what a man uh, of my talents can do. But, uh, yeah, you know, honestly, my, my answer to my biggest inspiration is probably going to surprise you just a little bit. It was, uh, it was Bill Dance. Uh, surprising a lot of people, he's really good fly fisherman. He can uh, throw a fly. He can know. throw the fly rod, you know, and he just, you know, he did it from a glitter boat and stuff, you know, which made me really like his style. And I always liked his hats and, you know, always funny clips of him fucking up, which is always fun to watch somebody that's really good at something fuck up, you know. It's like when Michael Jordan trips or something, yeah. you know, everybody gets a good yeah. laugh out of it because he's supposed to be so good and everything. <laughs> and as far as the Everglades, you don't need nobody else for that. I can answer that real fast. Uh, first off, uh, fish in the water. Uh, fly <coughs> collections should be black, all black, everything black. Uh, you are not going to dodge the bug. There's absolutely no hope in that, so go ahead and forget about it. Uh, and take food that doesn't spoil easily and take beer. That's really it. It's really simple to go yeah, to Glazer. Sounds good. That's about all you really need to know. I, I, we could spend all day Michael drone on and on and on about all the stuff, but it ain't that hard. There you go. Get mm-hmm. on down there. Just don't get eaten by no crocodile now. Mm-mm. Ooh, them crocodiles are big in the Everglades. I done seen them. Ooh. We got two more. Oh, two more. I'm running out of steam, Paul. Okay, <laughs> so I've got something for you. There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? Thousands. How many didn't what? I don't know. I don't. I don't understand the question. This sounds like a really messed up math question. Like, I feel like it's some sort of we're supposed to know the puzzle behind it or something. How yeah. many didn't? How many didn't what? Cows. Chickens and cows. The twenty-eight. How many didn't. I mean, what's Look, the next one? I don't. I All don't right. know how many didn't what get abducted by aliens or. I mean, I don't understand. Uh, four. The answer is four. There you go. There you go. Four didn't. Crowd loves it. All right, buddy. Last one. All right. Woo. Hey, um, I was wondering what you guys thought of people calling themselves Fly Fishing Master on Instagram. And uh, what do you thought about the sport in general? Like, can you be a master of fly fishing? And is it a lifelong learning experience? Um, just what your guys' general thoughts were. Thank you. Well, you know, the... Calling yourself the master of anything it almost guarantees that you are not the master of that thing. Like, if I call myself Pussy Master 5000, <laughs> you know, you can pretty much guarantee I've never been laid before, ever. Because the people that can do it don't have to talk about it. And the people who talk about it most likely can't do it. Or they can do it, and they're just in fucking tolerable douchebags. So, yeah, no, don't, uh, no, no need to really call yourself the Fly Fishing Master on the Instagrams or the wherever the else you kids play with your computers nowadays uh i I feel like you know in general uh fly fishing is like anything else you can always learn you can always improve probably never gonna master it there's always something you can do you know you're gonna get pretty damn good at it there are some guys out there that have got a lot of things dialed down but there's so many different ways to do things you know it's just like going out crappy fishing man i mean i you can get real good at it you ain't never gonna master the crappies that's all there is to it 
All right, well, Woo. we did it. We did it. Oh, well, I'm going to need me some cum call powder after this. You hear my voice breaking. I've been talking so much. Well, all right, children. I guess I'll go back out to the scene. All right, buddy. Have Appreciate you seen it, Will buddy. lately? Is Will alive? He's, he's been kind of incognito. He's having a baby next week. I don't week. know what incognito means, but the it baby thing is thing's kinda a little like not around. Oh, okay. Hidden. Okay. Well, all right, then. I guess I'll get on out the back door. See y'all right, later. Thank you, bud. Clean up. Bring your car right. Yeah, well that cow thing was a little weird. I like the I like the voicemail thing overall though, like that was pretty neat. Yeah. It was better than the letters, I feel like. Um <clears throat> you think that dude that's going to the Everglades does need some feedback on what kind of flies or anything? Should we should we just you wanna just indulge him? Yeah, I mean I can indulge him a little bit. Um I mean, it's tricky because, you know, when you say you're going to the Everglades in a canoe, I have no idea which side of the Everglades is going to be on or where he's going to be. Um, and, you know, like, I will say this, man. I, I would not want to go to the Everglades in a kayak. Like, you couldn't. No. Yeah, but you got all those guys that that's all they do. No, and I get it. And that's great. Like, I'm not dogging them for just it. Just because you move around so much? Yeah, man. Like, for me to have a successful day, like, I cover a lot of water. Um, and, you know, with the change in tides and water clarity and visibility and all that kind of stuff you know I, I move around i mean some days i might run 50 miles total you know in a big loop or wherever and uh you know even just like checking back little creeks and stuff you know if you go up one there's no fish you got to get out of there and go up another one and i may have to run three miles down the coast to find another <clears throat> creek or you know three miles up into the glades or whatever but you know hats off to you guys that, that do it um i would say you know in the backcountry i've always done really well with black and purple i know it sounds pretty generic but it actually works that dark water back there um you know uh i've heard a lot of guys and i myself fish yellow like brown and yellows you know as far as colors the flies it's just gonna depend on the situation if you're fishing deeper water or if you're fishing real shallow or whatever you know i don't put a lot of weight on anything i take down there typically and i put weed guards on everything because you got to cast in the bushes, not like on the edge of the bushes, way up in them if the water's up in there because those fish get way back in there. So you need weed guards because you're going to, you know, snag up on a bunch of stuff. And Richard wasn't lying, man. You ain't hiding from them bugs. Just bring them up bug dope that you can try to keep yourself sane. And uh, rain jackets, they Gore-Tex is about the only thing they can't bite through. So have your rain jacket, uh, bug net, headgear, uh, long sleeve shirts under the rain jacket. They can bite through certain layers of Gore-Tex, so. Good luck, man. I mean, I don't know. I have a hard enough time packing stuff, you know, for, and I have a flats boat, so I don't know how I'd break my gear down enough to, you know, really pack, because we pack steaks and chicken. And, <laughs> I, I mean, we do, like, we've got, like, steaks and chicken. Well, we got steaks one night, chicken. I make burgers one night usually. Uh, like, Germs did chicken and rice one night. We did steaks and potatoes one night. We did barbecue one night. Yeah. We have food food, but we also have a, a big, huge uh, angle <clears throat> cooler that we pack with dry ice, and we freeze everything ahead of time. So, like, we have a freezer cooler, essentially, and that'll hold for the whole week we're there. So, uh, but you can't put a freezer cooler on a kayak. So I don't, you know, I guess you really be, can't. You just I guess can't. you're gonna be on the freeze. Can't, but you meal. don't want to. Yeah, you're gonna be on the freeze dried meals and stuff. So uh, you want to go check out REI or those folks and see what that's about. Um, but yeah, and I guess you ain't gonna bring a lot of beer either being in a kayak. So liquor, 
bourbon, my personal favorite. But. Well, let's end this yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> basically, the next we're not gonna we're gonna just continue on as a different podcast and just get you a feel for what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep it short, but we're gonna at least explain what we're gonna be doing, and it's gonna be just right after this. So, uh, and then it'll eventually eventually be on its own channel or its own feed, I guess you could say. But we'll be back in a little bit. We're about to have our baby. See you in a second. stars from neon light sidewalks dirty and the river's worse underground trains all run in reverse nobody here can dance like me everybody clapping on the one and the three of mine the last of my kind am i the last of all right my all right well welcome back so Welcome back. Sorry, so my microphone wasn't on. So, cold, so this is a new little project. We're just going to have some music playing in the background like we normally do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the new project, I'll give a little background or kind of how the idea came up. Um, my name is Paul Puckett, and this is Mike Benson. Well, hello there. This is the new 540-pound baby that is just giving birth right now, and we're calling it Right Brain Retrieve. And I've always had a blog, and when I say always, I've had it, but in the last two years since Instagram's come out, I hardly ever post anything on it, just because Instagram pretty much has taken over as a blog for everyone. I'm sure if you look at it, four years ago, everyone had blogs, and probably half those blogs haven't been updated in two or three years. I had a blog. Spartinas and Spot spot Tales, that was my blog, yeah. Okay. Well, when was the last time you updated that thing? Like, at least five years ago. You think it has a lot to do with Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff? Yeah, that and I'm lazy. But yeah, no, it definitely yeah. had a lot to do with that, for sure. Yeah, and even for a while, I had the I had the blog app on my phone and just, I don't know. I had every intention and hope of keeping it going. And it's called RightBrainRetrieve.com. That was the blog. And basically, my, my plan was to post anything that had to do with music art and fly fishing it says the com- the confluence of music art and fly fishing well so i had this idea you know since barely live we can't record it all the time and mike mike and i can kind of get in touch more often than will usually can and doug schedules all over the place too so the plan was hey man let's do something we can always do it's not going to be quite barely live but it's you and i michael's background is writing and that's what he likes to do creativity creativity creatively and fly time basically the whole concept is going to have anything to do with if if you make something and you fly fish that is it it can be drawing fly tying music writing you name it and we're, we want to call friends that do all those things maybe people we don't even know that we can hopefully yeah. get in touch with and if you got any ideas you want to talk, say more? yeah no, i mean the idea the whole point of the show is you know 
we're not. This is an NPR, and me and Paul aren't going to be serious. We're not serious in real life. We're not going to be serious on a radio show. But you know, the Barely Live is a good outlet for us to be goofy and you know stuff. This is a little different. We're going to try to talk about different things that that aren't necessarily goofy. But the idea being, yeah, to reach out to the guys in our fly fishing community that are making things. That's best. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, music, art, whatever, um, and try to have conversations with these guys about what drives them creatively, um, about how they see the world. Because that's really what creativity and music and creativity and writing and creativity and art and even fly tying fly tying and all these other arts is a way for you to express how you see the world and so i think this is a good spot for us to try to bring that out of different people you know me and paul can sit here and talk to our blue in face about what we believe but um I, i'm excited about the opportunity to get to talk to other creative people and, and try to see how they view the world and yeah and there's such a huge rich history to uh creativity and, and outdoors in general fly fishing more specific uh i don't know the first one that comes to mind is gray's sporting journal now people have been painting drawing writing about fly fishing probably since 1700s i mean since uh what, what the complete angler was that isaac walton's oh, yeah, yeah. uh that's probably the first book that kind of someone was writing about putting a fly on the end of a fly line starting with that but i want to dive into all the why someone is inspired to do something and why they do it and do they know the history and like we're going to hopefully dive into that as much as possible so uh that's kind of the plan and if you know anything about us well you know we touch on it every now and then um on the show and like michael was saying obviously barely live is like our our outlet for being silly we'll still be goofy like there, we don't have any rules we're not sitting here going all right we're gonna be serious that's that's what we're gonna do we're gonna have fun with it. We've got a lot of friends that have that are such characters, and you know, hopefully, uh, we'll just see what happens and see where it goes. Is the plan? Yeah, and so uh, we're just adding to the barely live universe, man. We're just bringing in another side of our uh, our characters and you know who we are, and, and trying to put that on on permanent record, I guess. Yeah. In the in the interwebs. Yeah, and uh, like today, I wanna I'm probably gonna play a couple songs, original songs of mine. Like today, we'll probably get out out of the way most of, of about Michael and I because after that it's probably going to be more guest driven um, we'll have stories about things obviously but like we'll probably get out of the way today Michael's going to do a reading I'm going to play a couple tunes talk about art a little bit too and that's the plan so uh, don't really have like a, a written out like you know agenda agenda yeah an outline but I mean I guess I, I, I'll give a little basic history about me um as far as my art background goes. Um, ever since I can remember, I've been drawing and uh, fishing. So, I mean, typical kid whose granddad and dad took him fishing all the time. And then, you know, when you're a kid, you're, you're in art classes. Every kid is in an art class. And, you know, by the time, what, 12 or 13 years old, a lot of those kids stop drawing and kind of lose interest in it. You know, I kept doing that. And by the time... I don't know, by the time I was probably a freshman in high school, I knew that fishing and drawing of some sort, art, were going to be part of my life. So I kept all my all my high school class art projects were something to do with fish. And I remember, like, even one time we had we had to do, like, a, uh, a project that was um, like a dolly, like surrealism. And it was the one time that you know, my art teacher probably thought there's no way I could do some sort of fish painting. And sure enough, I did like, I guess it's more like a psychologist would have probably, 
gotten after this piece, but this girl was like tied up and her hands and feet were tied up, sinking into an ocean and this fish was eating her. So that was my surrealist piece. So my teacher was finally like, all right, I've given up on you. It's going to be okay. I don't mind you just doing fish. So all my projects were fish. And, uh, and then I decided that, you know, I would, when I went to college, I would do advertising design and try to get, uh, an actual job in art. So I thought I would be making logos and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I'm still fishing all through college. And, and then I moved to Wyoming and then we're basically, I didn't paint for four years. Actually, I kind of left out some stuff. My main, my main inspirations in high school were guys like Mark Cicino, Eldridge Hardy, Mike Stidham, and all these guys doing underwater art, underwater fish scenes and what have you. And, and just kept messing around with that and just hoping when those guys were my heroes, you know, aside from baseball heroes, I had art heroes and, uh, and just kept doing it. And, and I don't know, just you meet the right people along the way that help out your career. I guess you could say, Hey, you should meet this guy that knows this guy. Next thing you know, one of your drawings is in a magazine and then that, and it just kind of, it just kind of picks up steam after a while, and and you hope that steam keeps going. But the main steam is for every painting to be better and better and better, and and that's that's the hope, and what needs to happen. And and I've seen that happen, and I'm lucky to be able to do it, and very honored to have become friends with guys like Mark Cicino and Eldridge Hardy, and those guys that inspire me and inspire me every day. Still, I haven't lost the the drive for it, and I hope to keep meeting new people that inspire me and, and being at places that inspire me and hopefully it keeps happening. We'll see. That's that's kind of my... Nice, man. Nice in man. a nutshell. That was nice, Paul. Was in, a, in a bean shell. <laughs> so, anyway. But, yeah. Michael, what about you? What's your whole drive and background in, in writing? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not like... I don't consider myself a writer... And I couldn't just because I don't, you know. But you part. have the ability to write. Yeah, you just yeah. don't get the chance to do it all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I mean, I could if I, I was more driven. But, um, yeah, I have written a few pieces here and there. I've had my essays published in magazines and stuff. But I feel like I've written my whole life. Like, uh, my mom saw some stuff when I was a kid uh, that I wrote, like, in elementary school. Like, you know, they asked you to write stories. And, and I was always really good at, at creating, um, creating stories. And um, I don't know. I feel like uh, it probably stems actually from church. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but I grew up in a small Baptist church, and you know, my dad's a Baptist preacher, and we used to, you know, we go to church three times a week, and we go to all, off to these revivals and stuff in, in other churches. And if you've never been to a Baptist church, you've never been to a Baptist sermon. At least the, the preachers I grew up listening to, they always end their sermon with with, um, with a story. Um, and it was always, you know, it would come to some point about God or, or, or whatever. But they always, like, that was how they wrapped it up, was this really intimate story. And it was always, and you know, intentionally, it was always put together in a way that it, it would try to draw out. It was very universal. It would draw something out of everybody in the crowd and have them put that into context in their life. A parable, if you will, same thing Christ used in, in the Bible. Oh, he's a fancy talker. Yeah, there. and so they take that they take that story and, and they do something kind of generic. It's their story, but it, it's enough to where everybody can put themselves in that situation. And it's a tricky thing to do. And I feel like when you're trying to write something, um, you know, like I was saying a minute ago, like I, I'm just trying to tell you how I see the world. But the best way to tell you how I see the world is is to reach into you and, and grab something in you that allows you to, to spin 
and look through my eyes and see what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that successfully, which is not easy, uh, but if you can do that successfully, and great writers do that, you, you you win. You know, like you you can get them to see it. Now they may not agree with it. They may not like it. It may make them uncomfortable. It may make them mad. It, it may make them happy or whatever. But that's the point. You've got them. You've got a hold of them. That's power, and it's, it's interesting. And it's always drawn me as a kid, and, and you know, so I, I grew up kind of writing. Even when I would get, you know, teenage angsty trouble and stuff, the way I dealt with it, I, I had a journal, and it wasn't like a a coherent, like, writing an everyday journal. I would literally, when I was just feeling anxious or if I was feeling whatever, I would just sit down, I would start writing. And eventually my brain would stop putting the words together and I was still writing and I was still just rolling. Just, it just kind of flow out. Flow in a con like a stream of consciousness type yeah. writing. And so, you know, sometimes it wouldn't make any sense, but it was a way for me to let out my angst and, and my, my shit. So really for me, writing's always been an outlet. Um, when I got to Charleston, you know, I started, I was writing some stuff and actually an ex-girlfriend from a long time ago read one of the things I wrote. She's like, these are really good. You really should let people read them because I never, nobody ever read them. I was writing essays and just storing them on my laptop, you know, like I never yeah. showed them to anybody. And um, so actually, I met Tom by uh, Drake Magazine at, uh, at a fly fishing show. And we ended up just, we had friends of friends kind of thing. We had drinks and we're hanging out. And uh, I asked him, you know, when I was like, you know, if I sent you something, could you just take a look at it? And give me a critique. Like, I don't. Yeah, you know, you're not like selling them on taking the piece, but no, you need, no. like, the best thing you could have is some sort of. Yeah, like, your girlfriend and your friends are always going to tell you yeah, it's great. Like, totally. The, you know, even your critical friends are going to be like, yeah, man, it's awesome. It's good. Yeah. And that's fine, but it's not what you need. If you really want to be good at something, you yeah. just want to tell you're an asshole. It's the same thing with art and painting. Like, I'd rather be told that that, no, it sucks. You need yeah. to work on it. Yeah, so I, I sent him a piece, and I never heard back from him. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, well, I guess that answers the question. You know, he's trying to be nice. He doesn't want to hurt my feelings. And then, like, six months later, I'm at work, and I get an email. And it's uh, from Tom, and it just literally three words. Or it wasn't three words. It was literally just, like, a short sentence. Yeah. And it said, uh, didn't you send me a Charleston piece recently? Question mark. And I was like. <laughs> he's already lost it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. And he's like. Could you send it again? I can't find it. And so I sent it again. Ten minutes later, I get a text back. He goes, you wrote this, question mark. And I sent it back, yes. He's like, next, this is the email. Because he's like, probably met you a few times. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know wait, what, this came from this guy? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so like we go back and forth with these texts, and I was like, yeah. And then he's like, you've never published it anywhere. And I said, no. He's like, can I have it? And I was like, uh, yeah. And so it was a, turned into a two-page piece. Um in the uh, 10 year anniversary issue of the Drake. And uh, it was about my first experience coming to Charleston and, and fishing in Charleston. And, and since then, I've been in the Drake a couple more times. Uh, I, I think twice we've been at. Yeah, we've been in the same. You were in that magazine, they were calling you the Renaissance Man. That's with the that, guitar. Yeah, and with the, the river. guitar, yeah. Yeah, I've got that copy of that. That's that black one that had the yeah, black. Steelhead on the front. Yeah. Um, I think, anyway. So is that where you're reading from later? No, no, I'm reading oh, okay. actually the other places. Uh, Southern Culture on the Fly, written for them, um, and it's just writing for me has always been an outlet. I can't, I'm, I don't think I could ever be a somebody like a Bob, like a, I don't know, like a Gearach, like somebody who sits down and pens something on the regular for yeah. magazines and stuff, just because I have like I don't have that. In, I don't know if I have that much in me, and, yeah. and I, I could, pro I could like BS anything. Like I could sit down and just put words on paper. Yeah. But I just don't have, I don't know, none of that's going to carry much weight for me. 
you know, like I have to be inspired. And, and sometimes I feel bad because I do go through my day-to-day life and sometimes I got something rolling in my head and like I'm chewing on it, I'm chewing on it, I'm putting the whole thing together in my head. And then here lately, I just, you, know, you get so busy with life, I just let it die, you know, yeah. instead of getting it down. Because if you don't get it down, it's gone. Uh, yeah, totally. It's gone forever. So I, I've made a vow to myself to be better about it in the future, um, you know, and really work hard on that. Maybe this will be a good push for that. You I know, bet it is. Having to talk about it a lot and talk about it. I don't know how guys. it couldn't be. Like, same so. thing. What I'm hoping to get out of this, aside from learning things, um, is more about the music side of it. Because I'm hoping we'll get in touch with some musicians, singer-songwriters, um, where I where I can start writing some more music because I, I just feel like same kind of thing. I come up with cool ideas and and, and uh, I wrote one when my dad died about three months ago, which I'm gonna play later. Um, but for me, the music thing has kind of died down a little bit as far as writing music because mm-hmm. I've been so you know focused on my artwork, which is that's what I should be doing. I'm not gonna be ever be a singer songwriter. <laughs> so. Um, but that's kind of died down. But I'm hoping this will kind of re-inspire me to just write a song here and there. I'm mm. not trying to be a songwriter, but it's fun. I'm, it's kind of carrying on my dad's deal because that's he's a big music guy. That's where I got music from, and he wrote all these funny little cheesy songs even up until like you know a month before he was gone. So I'm hoping to kind of carry on that songwriting as a hobby. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to get out of this. Well, you know, I'm never going to be a professional writer, as far as I can tell. So, yeah, for me, but writing's never been about that for me. Writing's always been for me. Like I said, just started with my journals. Like, I did it to clear my head. I never wrote anything for anybody. Yeah. It turns out a few people actually enjoyed reading a few of the things I did, but... But that means it's coming from the right place, though. Yeah. So, like, for me, I just want to do it for me. Like, I feel like I would be a better person if I were putting these things. Even if I, even if 90% of it never sees the light of day, Yeah. I'll still feel better if it's on paper somewhere yeah. and not lost forever. Because I used to go back to my laptop and just read some of that stuff. And we'll consider this your outlet. Here we go. It doesn't have go. to be in a magazine. This could be it. <laughs> just do readings every, every week. Uh, yeah, and we want to, you know, every now and then, I mean... I'd love to call some artists too and find out what they're working on. We we know plenty of artists. We know oh, a few yeah. writers, uh, the song, fly tires. What else would there be? I mean, I mean that's that's the thing. Like we know enough guys who know guys. Like we can yeah. we can get them on the horn. But I want to get some like big people that we don't even know. That yeah. how would we get this guy? Yeah, you know we got to go through people's people, which yeah. is the hard thing. But yeah. we can find them. We'll get them on totally. There. Well, so, yeah, so that's the idea in a nutshell. You got me and Paul kind of dialed in now, uh, at least what drives us artistically. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna. Paul's gonna do some music. I guess I'll read a piece here in a minute. Yeah, well, let's maybe give him a break to listen to little Jason Isbell. We'll come right back. Yeah. Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. Maybe we'll get forty years together. One day I'll be. The ground was wet and the sky was dark took her bed and she took your heart wrapped it round an oak tree like you did that 67 gt oh oh no 
lovers leave. Okay, I All right, I just figured we'd uh, have Isbell playing in the background just because his his songwriting these days is getting a lot of you know acclaim and well deserved. Yeah, like his musics are so his songs are so his musics his musics <laughs> his, the music she makes are beautiful. His songwriting is just so raw and like <laughs> definitely has the feeling of like if you don't like this, I don't really care. Like I'm gonna write. Like, he put some pretty intense stuff in some... Now, this latest album, not quite as intense as, like, the last couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as some pretty heavy stuff. And, you know, it's just... If you don't... I'm sure you know about Jason Isbell by now. <laughs> but you need to go out, pretty much buy all his albums. They're all worth literally buying and not just be on Spotify. Yeah, be owning them. Yeah. So, you got any uh, music you've been listening to lately? Um, honestly, man, I mean, I've been uh, stapled in... Yeah, been listening to a lot of Stapleton. I don't know why. I've been on a kick with Stapleton lately. Well, but, it's understandable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Like, I like, for some reason, I always get drawn to people that put it. Like, Stapleton, his newest album's kind of more lighthearted. <laughs> but, like, you know, even following him, like, back when he was singing with uh, Steel, you know, drivers. Steel Drivers yeah. and stuff, like, he's just got that weight to his voice, which is, which is powerful. But, like, when I, when I was in, you know, middle school, high school, and on up into you know college, like I was real big into like heavy metal. Like I really liked. I'm serious. Like, I know you were heavy metal, and you know, like I got out of that eventually. It just it got it, I got old. I guess. It I just, bet you lifted a few weights to some heavy. Oh metal. yeah. Well, to, to this day, if I go to the gym a lot of times, I still go back and find me some Mudvayne <laughs> or some Slipknot mud or, or something like that. But you know, that was the reason I like that. You know, on top of just your teenager and you're, you're mad at everything, but on top of that, like they wrote heavy hard to listen to stuff and i feel like you know when i came out of that like i, I really started listening to a lot of like i uh, the drive by truckers and and yeah. lucero and if you listen easing to them, out a little bit yeah and it's easing out but those guys are still singing about heavy shit uh, yeah. you know i mean totally. even you know um coming from someone who danced with his mom at the wedding with <laughs> a lucero song yeah <laughs> but that was i thought that was perfect for my no, mom it's perfect yeah and the reason like me and my mom weren't lovey dovey mom and son like we didn't have problems we're great yeah, together. yeah but like we're not huggy kissy you know i'm not her baby you know like yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm just a man she's my mama and she grew up hard and tough and she yeah. raised me tough and hard and that's fine so like that song's more us like it's a little gritty it's a little grimy you know <coughs> and uh you know, so so yeah, and I, and I have a hard bluegrass roots. I mean, I grew up around it in church and singing it when I was a kid in church in a little bluegrass group or whatever. And so, like, you know, for me, like that was that's that perfect mix, you know. And, and you're starting to see that come back into like country music is like as far as mainstream country music. It's a joke. It's fucking horrible. I think they it's, have to be laughing, right? Well, like, hey, Stapleton laughing. won this year at the Grammys. Yeah, but thank but, God, it's uh, like I mean. They're laughing, but they're laughing all the way to the bank because people are still listening yeah, to this garbage. Like, I don't consider Stapleton like what that is. Like Stapleton no. is just his his own thing, you know. Well, yeah, but at least he beat all those. Yeah, assholes. which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like at least at least he won. Like I was I was gonna turn the TV off. I was like, if he don't win this, but I'm something done. has to come to a head, you know. Like the fact that he won that producers are going to start being like, all right, we do need the real gritty like real thing maybe. But again. the thing is, like, look at Brad Paisley. That's a good example. He's yeah. a great guitarist. He's yeah. a great musician. Yep. He's got talent writing songs. But what if he really wrote a song that he felt? Like, you can't tell me that that stupid shit he writes for the radio is what Brad Paisley really feels nah. in his heart when I'm he goes sure to sound a guitar. I'm sure he has a good album somewhere out there. I'm sure it's a lot of his own songs. I don't, I don't like know, man. I don't, I've never heard it. Like, it's just awful. <laughs> like, Whiskey Lullaby is about the closest I think I've heard of like, a decent song. But, like... 
you know, dude, it's just I don't understand it. Like, and I mean, some of these skinny jean wearing fools, like you know, that's all they got, you know. But there's there's guys out there that sing garbage that you're like, you could do better. I know you got it in you. Ugh. Just let it out, man. Yeah. Let it out. <laughs> I know. But no, I well, we got a little rant there. I didn't mean to. Uh, that's that, all right. <laughs> hey, let it. You let it out. <laughs> let it out, buddy. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, like my my like I'm not. Like, I don't consider myself a good songwriter by any means. I mean, a couple times I've had a couple where I'm like, oh, this is okay. Like, there's a lot to figuring out how to write these songs, man. Like, and what's so weird is I'm a pretty positive person. Like, I typically wake up and end the day pretty happy. Like, if I have ups and downs during the day, that's fine. But I'm a pretty outgoing, positive dude. I never get depressed. I'm not saying I never get depressed, but I'm pretty happy-go-lucky dude. But what's funny... On the flip side, the music I tend to like is usually dark (laughs) and deep and, like, a lot of people want to slip their wrist to it. Like, (laughs) so a lot of my songs that I write, like, I can't write a happy song. Like, I've written one that was so cheesy. Like, my happy song turns, like, you're just straight up cheese ball. Like, I'm doing it on purpose. Like, I did, like, a song called I Wish I Was a Fish or something. It was just, it's just, but most of the song, if I'm trying to write a serious song, it's typically going to be kind of dark. And I, I, maybe that's just the the flip side of, and I'm, you know, I don't know how to explain that, but it's just that's what, I, and I like music like that. I like, like Ryan Adams, dark, oh, Ryan yeah. Bingham, like oh, all yeah. that just dark stuff, like is what I'm all about. But I feel like, I mean, for most of us, and I'm the same way, I feel like most days I don't, I love my life. Like I, I, I enjoy life. I, I try to get something out of every day if I can, but I'm the same way. And, and I feel like I've never written a song, but if I wrote one, about life, I yeah. think it'd probably be darker than it would be happy. But I feel like that's just being honest. Like life is a hard, dirty mess, man. That's just what it is. And I mean, and yeah, like you can write songs to talk about all the cheery good shit, and that's fine. But they usually come out sounding cheesy because yeah. It I is. mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I'd like to write like a fun, like <laughs> cool song that's good, but I can't. It ain't easy. I don't know how to. I don't have yeah. any idea how to. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't. I don't know anything about writing music. I can't play no instruments. Not since I quit saxophone in the middle school. <laughs> well, on that note, I'll go ahead and play this song. So I'll give you a little background. So my dad, uh, as I said, musician, and he loved flamenco music. Like that was his kind of like how I started painting fish when I was 13, 14, 15. He started wanting to learn how to play flamenco, which at that age he was like playing G, C, and D chords. And loving Elvis and Johnny Cash at, you know, I guess that was probably about, yeah, he was probably about 12 years old or so when Johnny Cash and all that stuff started coming out. But, you know, he kind of went against the grain. He's like, I want to learn how to play flamenco. So he got a flamenco guitar. And his whole life, he played it kind of half-assedly where he was kind of learning it himself. And then I remember probably in Dallas, <clears throat> if, you, if you're from Dallas, there was a store called Fritz and Strings. And he met up with this guy named, um, uh, Dang it. I got a lost for words all of a sudden. Miguel. Miguel Antonio. And that he ended up being his guitar teacher. So he got totally obsessed with flamenco. And my dad was a teacher, so he wasn't a professional musician, but he played a lot of parties. And so he loved that fandango, man. Like, if, if, you know, it's a good, you know, he's a good player if he can play that fandango. So I heard fandango all the time around my house. And uh, we went to Spain a couple times. We got to go to a couple of. Uh, flamenco bars which is the equivalent of like loving blues and finding yourself back in the, the 40s or 50s in an old blues bar so 
we did that, and he just loved flamenco and loved everything about Spain, Spain and all the history of it. So that's what this song is kind of about. With So it's about old Larry Puckett, old daddy. Here we go. Stay and sing forever. Can't you sit and play this one more song? Wear those boots of Spanish leather. Endless roads walking on. And I can hear the strumming from your fingers. Take a gypsy on the stand. Just following your footsteps, ocean seems to melt away the sand. You always led me to the water, put so much promise in my hand. And I can hear the rhythm of the angels as the castanets dancing in their hands. Fandango man. Fandango man. I dig it, dude. That was good. Oh, thank you. Thank you, buddy. I'll get this. I'll get this Isabel back on here. I like that old line about you always let me down to the water. That was good. Yeah. That was solid. Well, it's always always around water. Yeah, man. There was something about it, I guess. But uh, yeah. So that was old Fandango man. And later, I'll play one more as we're kind of on the outro called "Going Home." Ooh. It's Ooh. another deep, dark, cavernous <laughs> tune. Um, anyway, yeah, we're going to keep doing this kind of thing. Uh, 
we'll probably take one more little break here in a second. We'll come back and Michael can give you a little story about what he's going to read and he's going to do a reading. Actually, we were going to try to call River Horse too. I don't yeah. know if we can squeeze it in or not this time. Maybe we'll take a break and talk about yeah. it and figure it out. And, and like we said, future episodes will probably be less Mike and Paul and more Mike and Paul trying to talk to other people, um, yeah. ideally. Uh, we'll be so. here to discuss it. Yeah. Oh, we'll be here to give our thoughts on it, for yeah. sure. We always have Many our, thoughts. we got plenty of opinions on shit, but, uh, you know, ideally we'll have, you know, other folks, but we're just giving you a taste here on the right brain retreat, right brain retreat. I got used to saying that. Yeah. Right brain retreat. Right brain retreat. So ideally we'll come back, maybe have a river horse call and then Michael do a reading and I'll play a song on the way out, and that'll be kind of like a little synopsis of what we're going to be doing here. All right, all right, we'll be we'll be right right back. To the people that, like, it's probably like a 20-second, like, what we call a break. <laughs> but we get time to, like, talk about a couple things that uh, we're going to do. Yeah, hash it out a bit. So uh, we're going to call River Horse. Uh, you want to yep. give an intro on River Horse before we get him on the line here? Exactly what we just discussed what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, so I met River Horse by phone through Baron Boyette out of Houston. River Horse is out of Houston. And... It's funny, we've been talking about all this important stuff, writing and all this stuff, but when I get like a magazine, like let's say Flyfish Journal, I'll get that magazine and if I read anything in that, it, it'll be like 10% of the magazine. I just don't read much and I'll catch like a title that I want to read and I'll be like, okay. But ever since I've known River Horse, I always read his stuff and it's, and it's actually gotten me more into actually reading more stuff. Like I've found... I don't know why I've never really been much of a reader. It's just one of those things. But now I'm finding more joy in it. Um, I'm I'm real, I'm an impatient person, mm. so when I read that first paragraph of story, I just want to go to the end, finish. You know, I just want to get the end. Or I'm I, I put down two or three books a month. You know, like I so, read yeah, I just constantly. Do not do that. I'm always reading, and yeah, and I read magazine cover to cover if it's a good one. So River Horse, he he came and sat in with us. I think in July, June or July. He's just a real interesting character. He uh, fishes all over the country. He's been to a lot of different places. And he's a writer. He's also a teacher. And he's just a funny dude, too. And he's definitely a touch of strange, and that's what I love about <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he's got his own thing, that's for sure. Um, but if you please, next time you like get like a fly fish journal or American Angler, look for his name. And definitely, the plan is for him to be kind of a recurring... Um, I don't know, round table figure. Yeah, a recurring part of the show because he's a good friend of Paul's and, and ours, and so uh, he'll definitely be a, a part of this project for sure. Yeah, so we're going to give him a ring. He's waiting for us. 
Let's see if we can make this thing work. Oh, Lord. There we go. We have reached River Horse's voicemail. He's currently sticking a 10-pound bass on the top water. River. If you leave a message, his secretary will give it. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he is. Uh, old River Horse. So Rio Caballo. How we doing, buddy? That's right. It's good down here. It's a little rainy day in Texas. Did you talk to my secretary about arranging this phone um, conference? Yeah, yeah. She's cool with it. Yeah, Mike did all that. Got I didn't it. touch any of that. <laughs> Did you, talk to our, fishy boys. did you talk to our secretary about the arrangements as far as paying us to be on this show? It's good advertising. She needs a shave. She needs a shave. I saw the text she sent. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a, have you had a pretty busy day? I know we were texting you earlier, hanging out with old Oliver White in the shop there in Houston. What is he giving some sort of seminar or something? Yeah, man. What a good guy. You know, our little fly fishing community is just too cool. But he was over here with IndieFly and uh, Nautilus Reels, and they had teamed up with Gordian Sons. And I think Oliver's deal is to try to set up uh, cool fishing locations and, and really uh, different out there fringes, third world countries, and teach these communities to help the fish uh, be protected. And uh, what he was saying is that this one setup he's got, and only 24 people a year get to fish it, and it generates thousands that goes to this community and they build schools for the kids and get fresh water for everybody and the fish aren't, you know, eaten and the resource didn't use up. So it was awesome to see cool. somebody, a good guy like him doing that work. And I just, it was humbling to watch it. I just thought, man, I don't, I just write fishing stories like this guy's <laughs> changing the world. So it was cool. I mean, I do help you catch fish and you never catch, catch fish when I, get over there you don't you don't catch any yeah it's not quite <laughs> reciprocal but we're trying to make it like that and uh next weekend i'll do the same so i mean you're in the red buddy you're in the red that's right i'm coming in coming in hot next weekend you're, you're camping out at my house yeah. we're going fishing sunday morning and i get to see your mom and she's got that love book and poetry book that i'm smitten with so i'll, I'll get some wisdom <laughs> from that we'll eat Eat some Mexican food and probably have to roll the windows down. That's so. it. That's it. <laughs> that lake oh, looks cool. Paul? There's two little lakes. I want to stick those fish. The weather looks cool, too. Uh, oh, good. Cool. Well, good deal. Um, well, hey, man, we, we kind of introed you before we got you on here. And and uh, as I've kind of told you, this the show we're going to be doing has is going to be everything that has to do with fly fishing and creativity. And Mike's going to be kind I'm of... Not I'm not fly fishing anymore. I saw a curling on the Olympics. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's your that's your new thing. Well, your grandfather did. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm selling my gear. I'm getting one of those big ground pucks and and making an ice thing in the road. God. <laughs> so he just. So Mike's gonna do be. They, they do drug test for that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, the Russian yeah. guy got busted for. I mean, I don't know how much enhancement you know, like drugs are gonna do for you when you're just basically. They said the agility though, doing that broom is like, after you do that all day, you're worn out. I don't so. get it. I'm gonna stick to. I'm gonna stick to fly fishing. I'll just stick to fishing then. Forget it. That's probably the best thing for everybody involved. But hey, we want to have you on this show quite a bit with your background and just kind of your input. Kind of a right brain retrieve roundtable figure, a constant figure. 
It'll be awesome. We'd love to collaborate with you guys and goof off and stir the pot. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, and, you know, part of it, uh, you know, we, I talked a little bit uh, earlier um, about writing and what, what drove me to want to wanna write and, and why I do what I do. Um, so maybe share with us a little bit of, like, you know, nothing too heavy. You can do whatever you want, but, like, kind of what drives you or, or maybe what you're trying to accomplish with your writing when you sit down to write, like, it, whether it's for you or for them or for whatever reasons, like maybe what's kind of like a driving thing behind why you sit down and write? Um, first and foremost, I've always just been crazy for words themselves, how they're crafted and put together. And I was that kid that read every book you got his hands on and couldn't stop. So I just, I just think, you know, ultimately we're all trying to make sense of our lives, our place here on earth. And the only way I've really been able to do it is through words, whether it's reading somebody's or writing my own. And C.S. Lewis once wrote, uh, we write to know we're not alone. And, and I love that aspect of it and believe it. But I just, I think everybody's wired differently and I could never paint as amazingly as Paul. And I just feel that's something that's in me and I, and I want to keep cranking out those words. So I'm doing it to try to figure out life and my place here and other aspects of it are I just want to really celebrate how awesome it is to be here. I think we're just blessed and fortunate and there's a time to be really rowdy and, and then there's a time to be sensual and celebrate love and intimacy and, and earth and water. And so I, I try to hit all those things. And in my work, if you see the stuff in Fly Fish Journal or Guitar Mags or whatever, they're all kind of bounce back and forth between a deeper, honest, candid piece of navel gazing, and then I'll have some just Hellraiser beer drinking fight on a jetty, or cops are kicking <laughs> me out of a, a golf club for trespassing, and, and I'll bounce back between that. And I think that we need that. On, on one hand, it's good to be serious sometimes, and on the other hand, it's just shut up and fish and look at look at the sunshine, and can you believe the miracle of all this? So. That pretty pretty much sums it up for me in, in writing. And I just I had never expected my little stories to to do what they did, and I just get the biggest kick out of it. And I still feel like the cops are going to call and say, "Hey, you you don't get to write anymore. Like you already got lucky and had so much fun with it, and that's enough for you, buddy. We we caught you." So that's cool. Well, too much fun. Yeah. I mean, in a like way it's cool to know how many people through my art that I've met. And I, I know that, uh, knowing you, how many people that you've met through your writing and it, then it kind of blow you away every day when you think about it, like how many cool contacts you've made and you get to see their lives through pictures based on just something you made and created. You know what I mean? I do. And it's really weird cause you write this piece and then it goes out to thousands of people in some magazine and it's all over fly shops and Barnes and Nobles all over the world. You'll sometimes cross paths with somebody in some state where you're just rambling, fishing and living in your truck and camping and bushwhacking and they'll have read something and you're just like, wow, you, that's cool. Like you read that piece and they'll tell you what it meant to them or how they related and it's, it's pretty amazing. But I don't think about it much in those aspects and unless I cross paths with somebody, but I mean, I want to talk about, you know, all the cool gifted musicians and artists I've gotten to hang out with. And yeah, that's, I, 
I hadn't expected this for my life. I hadn't really dreamed it up. I just wanted to surf and play guitar and write these stories and, and to throw that wide of a net and meet that many people. I still, it, I just shake my head. Like I get a big kick out of it and to go from, you know, like Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top cruises by to go out for supper and play guitars and like, here's this guy standing in the living room that has the beard and all those songs you've seen all your life growing up. And, that's crazy. And he knows who you are and wants to hang out. And I just find that it's borderline ridiculous and at the same time hilarious and, no, and awesome. fun to, to tap into that. So, Absolutely. Uh, between those realms, between surfing and music and fly fishing, and it's really, you know, and then like, I feel really deeply connected to you. The times we've gotten to hang and it took us two seconds to instantly just know how we got along. I think fly fishing has that going on. It's a really rare thing that a lot of uh, different subcultures don't have. There's something about this tiny world of fly fishing that, that people tap into it, and it's it's crazy, understandably, the, the sense of community you can get out of it. Then to be able yeah. to do that, yeah, and to be able to do that with guys like JT, Van Zandt, and Alvin, my local kind of hang or do stuff with all the boys from Gordian Sons and my little crew here or to be up all of a sudden and you're in the Northwest doing Riders on the Fly and you got Duda and Kopi and Flyfish Journal. I mean, it's crazy. It's just I never would have dreamt this up. But it doesn't make, on one hand, it doesn't make sense for for me to write this little story and then you get to have these great friends and people in your life and on the other hand makes complete sense you know yeah totally and i can remember seeing the crazy some of your crazy drawings and just get the biggest kick out of it and just kind of like what the hell who's this what are these guys (laughs) i was on a cross pass with these guys and then they're you know then you're fishing and yeah i'm sleeping on your couch and your dog's stealing my sleeping bag there you you go next next thing you know (laughs) so yeah, man. Life's was... been good like that. I feel if I got run over by a semi truck today, when I would just say, "Okay, thanks a lot." I was, I get it. Like it was, it was such a great run. I had my time here. <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Absolutely. Well, man. Yeah, I like when uh, you mentioned, you know, the kick you get out of, uh, you know, when you actually think about how many people are reading something, like when you get a magazine uh, article or something out there. Um, and I, and I recall when my first one hit the Drake, I remember seeing that magazine come into the shop I was working at and I literally got almost sick to my stomach <laughs> because I knew my piece was in there and I never had, you know, it was the first thing I ever had that was ever published. And I, I instantly was like looking around, like, like anybody at all knew who I was or like that I wrote anything in that magazine because nobody did put in my head. It was just a, it was a weird feeling to know that what had always been something private to me and important to me. Now somebody else is going to tap in and get to to read, you know, into my emotions and my thoughts. Like that's, it's a it's a vulnerability thing. I mean, you really you put yourself out there, and you know, I don't care like how I'm kind of ornery, but I don't care how ornery you are. You somewhere in your heart, you kind of care what people think about you, you know, in some way, whether it matters or not. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's a that's a hard thing to do. And I mean, you've done it a mil- you know, way more than I have, but. Uh, does that ever get you know do you ever get used to that is that something that ever gets you know easier i guess 
Yeah, I mean, you can kiss my ass if you don't like the piece. Like, fine, don't read it, or you know, you don't have to like it. Like, either either you get it or you don't, and I respect that. If if you if you don't relate to what I'm talking about, then that's okay too. That's the beauty of it. We don't have to like the same song or the same band, but I've gotten to a point with that through all these years that I believe in the work, and I I want to stay true to what's coming out of me and my heart for those words, and I'm going to write those words. I'm not going to write the words just because somebody out there may think or feel something different. I'm going to tell those truths that I have, and I'm not going to sway from that. It is a vulnerable place, and especially these days with all those, you know, I don't do fake book and tutor and all those uh, social media things or whatever they're called, crap chat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but those guys, there's the guys out there who couldn't paint a painting or play a song or, or write one story and get published somewhere, and they'll spend the, their whole days just picking apart stuff. And usually they're really, really positive, but I see them tear down people and what they're doing, and and it's just shameful. You know, it's just this, none of us are perfect human beings, and and uh, they need to do some work on themselves or do something, create something cool on their own without taking shots at people. But does it affect or bother me at this point? No, it's not gonna. You know, I might have something to say about it. You know, <laughs> so I'll have, have a response. Yeah. But you know, I don't. You know, it doesn't. You know, you they they know where they can stick it. Nice uh-huh. man, that's perfect. Well, well, River Horse, we're gonna cut it short. Mike's got it, or we both need to get out of here. Uh, but man, I just wanted to kind of give people a little taste of what we're gonna be doing in the future. I'd like to just have you live while we kind of all just discuss stuff uh, and go from there, man. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I got some crazy adventures coming up. Some really radical between a film project and yeah, a couple guitar cool. things that are hitting, and a couple out of the country adventures that I'm plotting. So. You know, we can talk about that stuff and uh, Oliver said he, he wanted to be on the show and Yeah, we've missed him can't a wait couple, to see you. We've missed him a couple times before where it didn't quite match up, so I'm glad uh yeah. I'm glad he told you that. That's cool. We'd love to have him on. Yeah. There. And when he's on the like a guy like that's around, like people just go ballistic. Like he's gotta sit there and shake hands for oh, he man. Didn't any, I know. I know. Yeah. You know That'll be a very live a big thing. name. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I can't wait to see you next weekend. I love you, buddy, and I'm ready to fish and, and see your mom. It's going to be awesome. I know. We're going to go get some Mexican, as you say. I'm going to take you over to that Stanley's in Tyler, Texas to listen to a little blues, too. Okay, buddy. All right, dude. <laughs> we'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks for giving us a little time. Okay. Thanks for doing your thing and having this crazy little show. It's awesome. All right, buddy. We'll thanks talk soon. Horse. You're a horse. There he is. All right, so that was good. That was real, that was real nice. River Horse or nice filler. I've always wondered if he has like a stage voice. Like if he or, just. But I think that just that's I, him. That, I'm pretty sure that is him. Yeah, that's it's, that's that's the River Horse. You get it. <laughs> well, Mike, you want to do this reading, bud? Yeah, I can. Uh, I can read this thing out. So um, this piece came from uh, Southern Culture on the Fly. These guys published it for me. Um, they're an online magazine. If you haven't uh, read them before, and it's uh, some friends of ours, and they do a great job. Uh, at the time that this got published, I did not know them, um, but since then, I've I've written a number of other pieces for them, and um, and gotten to be really good friends with with uh, Steve and Dave over there. And um, it's a great magazine, uh, or e-zine, I guess, whatever, if you want to get technical. 
Uh, but I wrote this piece back in 2012 uh, about Charleston. Um, so uh, the, the piece is just called The Holy City, uh, which is a nickname for Charleston. So, all right, I'm going to go on uh, through this thing, and, and it's not very long. So anybody who's ever sat in an American history class already knows a few things about Charleston, South Carolina. Mainly that we fired the first shots of the Civil War, and those who have ever lived any length of, or lived here for any length of time may tell you a few other things about our city. They'll tell you about the, they'll tell you about Moultrie, the Swamp Fox, John C. Calhoun, the War of Northern Aggression, and of course Hurricane Hugo. Nowadays, fly fishermen from across the country, and in particular the South, are becoming more and more familiar with Charleston as a great place to chase redfish with a fly rod. But if you're going to come down and join us amidst the Spartina grass, I ask that you take a second and really look around and attempt to take in what's going on around you. Hold on a second, I'm trying to do this on the computer screen. So when you're pulling or wading the flats and with the town, just stand still and listen for a minute. If the wind is blowing just right, you may hear the low, mournful hum of slaves singing hymns in fields long untended. Rolling across the harbor, you may hear the sound of Yankee cannons over the wine of your outboard conducting one of the longest artillery barrages in modern military history. As you leave the harbor and turn into the waterway, try to picture the Sullivan's Island Bridge completely dismantled and laying on its side in the creek and the raw natural forces it took to accomplish that. And when you're standing on one of the flyaway places, the small cedar islands that escaped slaves used to stop and pray for God to turn them into birds so that they could fly back to Africa, try, and ha try your hardest to keep your feet on the ground. They call this place the Holy City, and the tour guides in town will tell you it's because of all the sheer number, because of the sheer number of churches and our history for religious freedom. But spend enough time here, being quiet in the backcountry, and it's hard to ignore the natural and spiritual forces that seem to surround this place. So when you come to Charleston to chase the Reds, bring your egg weight, box full of crab and shrimp patterns, and open your mind and your soul. You may just be surprised what you'll catch down here. And that's it. That's called the there Holy City. I like the visualiz visualizations of the cannonballs and the <laughs> yeah. and the slaves singing hymns and all that. It definitely puts you there for sure. Yeah, and that, and that was and that sounds you know a little over the top, maybe a little cheesy, but the, that's how I f think when I'm fishing. Yeah, you know, that's like because there's a lot of downtime in saltwater fishing, yeah. and sometimes you, know, you got your buddies and you're shooting the shit. But a lot of time, I mean, I'm up on the platform more times than not, but. You know, a lot of time I'm just up there pulling away and like I'm looking and thinking all this crap. Like I think that's about what's that going. Stuff too. Yeah. yeah. And so like I, I felt like, you know, that's what I needed to put on paper at that particular yeah. time. And I'm, I'm happy with that one. I've, I've, that one's held up. You go back and read some of your stuff, you know, like, and, and you're like, ah. Well, you're using words that you've grown out of. You know, yeah. you might have figured out a different way to word something now. Yeah. I mean, but that one, I, I wouldn't change that one. But it's I'd the do. same way that like I go back and look at a painting I did even five years ago. Yeah. Even though I would do something totally different, I don't look at it in disgrace, but I look at it as if 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 I never did that painting, I wouldn't be where I am now. You know, it's, everything's a building block, and if you were to pull that building block out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't be mad at it, but same way that there's musicians that say, "I can't believe I ever let put that album out." I'm like, that's one of my favorite albums. <laughs> of yours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. It's easy to look back on that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I've I've learned and grown, you know, as a human being, and, and my writing reflects that. And, and the things that seemed important to you then may not be as big of a deal now, or you know, there's new things that have taken this place. So, yeah, you know, maybe I don't necessarily feel the same way about everything I wrote then, you know. But um, but it doesn't make me want to go back and change it because that's who I was then, you know, and that's how I felt exactly. then, and that's what that is. It's a record of then. That's six years ago now. Doesn't feel that. I feel like I just wrote that, you know, like, I, but whatever. Yeah. It's been a while. So, 
Yeah, man. But that was uh, I liked River Horse's take on it. Yeah, he's he's definitely written way more than I have. But uh, he's I like his take on writing. Yeah, man. like it was that was good. Well, it's the same way that when I was younger, I'd, I'd do a painting and I'd be like, man, I don't know if I'll ever do a painting that's good again. Like, and I'm about to sell it. <laughs> but it yeah. it took me a couple of years to get over that. You yeah. know. And then I'm like, I can't wait to sell it. It needs a home. It's like a little baby. You gotta turn it over yeah and i mean even the, the you know whatever dozen or two dozen pieces i've ever written i you know it does it got easier to let people see them but at the same time it's always a little little bit of you going yeah. out the door every time you know? yeah i think writing would be different from painting because my painting i'm not really my painting isn't like expressive and you know yeah. i'm not like giving my soul in that canvas i'm basically painting a, a fish or but a yours is kind of harder in a different way in that like it's my type of my style of writing is not something somebody's going to pick apart technically because it's not technical writing. Yeah, I'm not you, trying you're to, flowing. Yeah, it's it's just short. These are fishing essays. These yeah. are not something that some grammar Nazi is going to tear apart because it doesn't matter it's in that context. Mostly nonfiction. Yeah, like, how exactly. Can you argue with nonfiction, but yours is technical. Like I mean, even if you're if even if you like you said yours is an expressive art and you're not putting your soul on the page. No, it's more technical. People yeah. are going to pick you apart for the technical ability that you have, which is a hard thing to watch yeah. people tear you apart. Like, can you fucking do it? Go ahead, you know. Yeah, I guess that's true, but I'm not scared of that at all because yeah. I I believe in what like I'm not worried because typically a painting I'm done I've done it like I've been there yeah. and done it now I'm working on a GT painting and I already feel guilty because I've never caught one yeah. but I'm not gonna worry about the it's this like, piece I won't wear permit anything I won't wear permit T-shirts I don't wear permit hats because I've never <laughs> caught one uh, I refuse yeah. until I catch a fish I refuse to wear or uh, hey I my, I'd be the same I'd, I'd do the same thing yeah it's my thing. So. All right, so this has been kind of a synopsis of uh, kind of what we're going to be doing with this. I hope hope you enjoy it, and if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to do it anyway. Exactly. We never asked your opinion. So, <laughs> so Right Brain Retrieve, there already is a rightbrainretrieve.com that's my blog. I'm going to kind of manipulate it and change it around a little bit and obviously have the feed for the, for the podcast on there. Um, but go check it out, and we'll probably have a whole other – it'll still have some old blog stuff of mine, but we'll probably create it kind of more – towards what we're doing now with this so yeah and i'm gonna leave you with another tune called going home and mike's gonna get out of here and uh, i'm gonna get out of here too but here's one last tune and we'll see y'all next time hopefully in two three weeks probably realistically do this every oh yeah two, i mean two, three we weeks. should be able to do this every two or three all right y'all thanks again and we're out bye guys If I die for my time with nothing I can call my own Take me on down to the river It's where you can throw in my bones It's the only way, the only way I'll ever go home But it's something now, ain't got nothing Love and a truthful heart Just trying to get on back to begin Another new hopeless start Ain't that I ain't happy All this floating around Looking for the things and the answers That sure can't be found I'll just keep on going on, that's all you ever can do.
so hard to know what you're looking for until it finds you. Staring down this road never seems to end. Further you go down, the more you get back where you begin. If I die before my time with nothing I can call my own Just take me on down the river It's where you're gonna throw in all my bones It's the only way, only way It's the only way, only way It's the only way Never go home. I'll never go home. It's the only way, only way, the only way, only way. Never go home. Only way, never going. Oh.